Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into Hoopsville on what is one of the last shows of the season, believe it or not. I am your host, Dave McHugh. It is Sunday, March 10th, 2019, and we are wrapping up the season, but without not without running a championship next weekend. we got two championships on the line. We're down to the last eight teams. That's it. Just eight teams remain in the NCAA tournaments for two national championships. What a weekend of basketball yet again. Um, I don't know where to start. On the women's side, as much as we've seen a little bit more parity this year, it is the top dogs once again, for the most part. Granted, Scranton getting through, getting past Tufts in spectacular fashion. A 15-0 run and holding Tufts to no points in the final eight minutes of that game. Tufts scored exactly five points in the fourth quarter to Scranton's 15. And the Royals move on to the Final Four weekend. And as we hinted at here on Thursday's show, just one NESCAC women's team getting through to the championship weekend. We said... We didn't think three would get through, maybe two, but more likely one. Bowden did it. So Bowden and Scranton, Thomas Moore, and, excuse me, St. Thomas, who knocked off the defending national champs to earn their ticket to the tournament, knocked them off with a, by the way, a three-pointer by Amherst that looked like it was going to force the game to go longer. St. Thomas then buries two free throws, comes down the other end. Amherst goes for a three. The defender forces the pass to go a little bit high, which allows her teammate to close the gap and block the three-point attempt. And then, obviously, more free throws to ice it. Absolutely outstanding game. And then St. Thomas avenges... Their only loss of the season, they lost to Wartburg by two earlier in the season. And they handled Wartburg to move on to the championship. It's just absolutely spectacular, to say the least, on that. Uh, so St. Thomas threw in Scranton, as we described. Of course, Thomas Moore, you know, they needed they needed uh, their, their all-star. They needed their, their ace in the hole, as it were. Madison Temple ends up putting the team on her back, as it were, to get past a very difficult WashU team. I think that WashU team was far better than anyone realized. And losses to Westminster certainly make you scratch your head. But they had put it together, and you know, probably the toughest game Thomas Moore has played in a very long time. And hats off to Wash U, but Thomas Moore survives. And they remain undefeated on top of all that. And, of course, Bowden, almost maybe the one we won't talk as much about in terms of, of, of action out of that pod. Uh, they get past Ithaca, and Ithaca came from behind on DeSales. Crazy finish between Ithaca and DeSales in that one. Looked like. You know, DeSales was going to win it, and Ithaca showed him otherwise. But Bowden moving on. And then on the men's side, what a weekend. The top four teams that we all expected, at least a majority, if not all of them, would get to Fort Wayne, despite all the parity, are not. 
We lost Nebraska Wesley in the round of 32. We lost Whitman in the round of 16. We lost uh, Amherst in the round of 16. And, and I'll, I'll make an exception in my top four in a moment, but the top four teams in the tournament. And then last night, on, sun, on Saturday night, we lose the fourth one. Um, actually, no, we lost them on, on Friday night. I apologize. Augustana losing to Wheaton. Um, the third time, not the charm. Augustana looking for the season sweep of 3-0 and, and lose to Wheaton. And, of course, Aston France has put on a show. <laughs> and that's saying it lightly. Uh, he dominated. <laughs> Absolutely dominated. We'll talk more about that in a bit. But it's just unbelievable basketball this weekend. Now, one of the top four teams in the country, certainly, on the men's side, is still dancing. And Oshkosh. Uh, Oshkosh is through and probably the only one who... Uh, Guilford's about the only test they've received in, in terms of, of scores at the end of a game. Guilford came back on the Titans and made it real interesting late. Almost pulled it off, but Oshkosh survives. They make a return trip. Of course, they were there last year under a different head coach, of course. But they return to the tournament and, or the final four, I should say. And they are, of course, one of the top four teams. So my previous comment was more about tournament with how Amherst was positioned and all. But Oshkosh does get back. Randolph making the fifth ranked team had a dandy of a game against Swarthmore, the sixth ranked team in the Sweet 16. And Swarthmore came back and it didn't look good, but it was that defense of the Garnet that really held up in the second half and stymied the Yellow Jackets. Then Swarthmore had to take on Nichols. Of course, Nichols had knocked off Amherst. Marco Echeverria and his teammates got it done. And then they nearly got it done against Swarthmore. They came back on the Garnet and nearly pulled it off, but Swarthmore held on. And then, of course, at Hamilton, Whitworth losing, Whitman, I mean, losing, uh, in surprising fashion to Williams. Williams had him at double digits a lot of the game. And then, you know, Whitman comes back, but they seem to be flailing. They didn't seem to be themselves. I, I, I felt like if I, when I'm watching Whitman, I'm used to them in fifth gear, sometimes in sixth. And I looked like they were in third or fourth most of that game. It just didn't seem like they were themselves. Hewitt fouls out. It ends up spurring Whitman to, to rally. They get it down, and they had a couple looks at it to force overtime late. Oh, I mean, just so close. But Hamilton, uh, and of course, I said Hamilton. I didn't mean Hamilton. I meant Williams. It was at Hamilton. Williams looked good. And crazy enough, the next night, they take on Christopher Newport, which, you know, beat Hamilton. And Christopher Newport took it to the Eves. It's just the difference in the nights. You go look at Wheaton, who knocks off Augustana. Then they're struggling with Marietta. They're down by 12 or 13 much of the second half. Didn't look good. Next thing you know, they come storming back. Again, this guy named Aston Francis. Anybody heard of him? <laughs> he, he nearly hit a 40-footer at the shot clock expiring. He threw it up, and it hit the back iron, and he threw it like it's any other normal shot. 
they come storming back on Marietta and win. Those 62 points scored by Ashton Francis, now an NCAA Division III record for points in a game in the tournament. I was at the game where the 59 points was scored. I called it. Triple overtime game, Guilford over Lincoln at Virginia Wesleyan. Ben Strong scored the 59. You can't forget about Jordan Snipes, who hit a buzzer beater slam of a shot from about 35 feet to force overtime and allow it to go three overtimes, which allowed Ben Strong to score his 59. And I never thought I'd see another performance like that until I was watching Mr. Francis on Saturday night. He had 35 at halftime. He He's insane. So as a result, who do you think we're talking to tonight? Now, I'll say it as I said on the last show. This show's going to be a little bit more women's basketball heavy because we aren't going to be in Salem for the women's Final Four. We will be in Fort Wayne for the men's Final Four. As a result of that, we're going to have a ton to talk about on Friday and Saturday, have interviews with coaches, interviews with student-athletes, interviews with those who are on site, Bob Quillman, Ryan Scott, Pat Coleman, and myself. So we have a ton that we're going to talk about on the men's side. So to bury this show with coaches and and additional student-athletes and then repeat it all again on Friday, essentially, didn't seem like the the wisest idea. We also don't have all the time in the world. And because we're not going to have as much focus on the women's later in the week, we'll give the women their due here. But we will start with Aston Francis. Coming up, we will talk to the Wheaton senior guard on his 62 points. And by the way, that's not even the only record he set in this tournament. He has set the record for the most points scored in a tournament. And he set the points or the record for the most points scored in a single season. We'll talk to him about all of that and Wheaton getting to the Final Four. Then we'll focus on women. First up will be the number one Thomas Moore Jeff uh, women's program. Tom, uh, Jeff Hands, the head coach, will join us. Then Adrian Scheibels, the number three Bowden women's coach, will be on the horn to talk about her team. Ruth Sin will join us from number two St. Thomas, and then we'll wrap things up with the teams from Bridget Mann, senior guard from the ninth-ranked Scranton Royals. We will also hear from Kerry Harvey Cutter tonight. He's out of the city of Salem. You probably know him pretty well if you follow Division Three. We'll talk to him about getting ready for the women's championships to be held at the Craiger Center in um at roanoke college so that's all what we have ahead and we'll wrap up the show at the end of that of course as well give you a sense of what we're doing the rest of the week so there you go that's what we have on tap again ashton francis 62 points but that doesn't take away from any of the other performances this weekend on the men's and women's basketball side it was a fun weekend to watch games i do wish i could have traveled somewhere my two choices well really could have gotten all four. Let's be honest. I could I could have gone to all four, but I think in order, I, I think Hamilton was number one. There's personal reasons, as we've mentioned on previous shows. Hamilton was number one. Um, Rock Island was probably number two. It's been a while since I had been to Rock Island, and I was really interested in that grouping of teams. Hamilton, I would have been able to see some outstanding upsets. Of course, Rock Island would have been able to see some outstanding scoring. Uh, the other idea was Amherst. I could have also driven there from Hamilton or vice versa. You could flip the trip. Doesn't really matter. And I think the fourth choice would have been Oshkosh just because it would have been a more difficult one to get to. But I couldn't travel this weekend. I will be traveling this week. 
We'll be heading out of town on Wednesday, getting into town in uh, Fort Wayne on Thursday and getting set up and ready for pregame shows on Friday. Of course, I'm part of the broadcast team with Brendan Gulick, Division Three grad himself. We'll be calling the games on Friday and Saturday. Still, by the way, I don't know what's going on with the championship game. We can talk about that at the end of the show if we have to. A couple quick emails I've gotten uh, today. Uh, one comes from Vandy74 on the chat boards. The more I watch this young man play basketball, I've seen at least a dozen Wheaton games this season. The more I'm reminded of a scrappy bunch of overachieving kids from Kansas led by a fellow named Danny Manning who broke the hearts of Vanderbilt fans back in the 1988 Sweet 16. Of course, he's a Vandy 74, is a Vanderbilt grad. That's an interesting reference, I'll have to admit. Um, There was another email, but now apparently I can't seem to find it. I also got an email from Ronk, but it's more associated with an interview we have later, so we'll we'll tackle that. There goes, shout out to Gordon Mann for his contributions to the Whip Around show. I talked with him last night at Scranton Tufts game. Forgot to mention it to him. I enjoy the particular show with the ability of Gordon and Ryan to relate any particular game to the other teams on the national scale. What about me, Ronk? <laughs> no, I agree. I love having Gordon and Ryan here when we do those whip around shows. Got some great feedback on those as well. And with that, we'll take a break. When we come back, we will talk to Aston Francis about his record scoring night, his record scoring tournament, his record scoring season and what he might have on tap for us next week. You'll listen to Hoops Show presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. Up next, we talk to Aston Francis about how you score 62 points in 40 minutes of a Division Three game. Back with more after this. Big shots. Big dunks. This trophy is not given. It must be earned. The 2019 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 15th and 16th at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum Arena in Fort Wayne. With his third triple. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets and secure your seats today. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. 
we place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, here on this Sunday evening. If you got questions for us, you can always tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us dave.mcue at d3sports.com. Another way you can do it is also join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville, where we're simulcasting the show. You can also join us on Periscope, by the way, simulcasting there. Just got our chat room up. So if you've been messaging us, especially through Periscope, I've missed it. I apologize. Um, <clears throat> let's see. I think that's it. I think we got it covered. A lot of that scrolling at the bottom of your screen. And we hope you take advantage uh, of, of interacting with us or if you got questions. All right. So we were talking about the big game last night, or all of them were big games, but a lot of come from behind victories in men's basketball last night. One of them was Wheaton over Marietta, 91 87. Think about this. Ashton Francis scored 62 points. His teammates scored 29. Normally that would be a knock, but when Ashton Francis puts up a shot, it tends to go in. You would probably tell you didn't have the greatest game against Augustana, but they got past their rivals there as well on their home floor. Lots to talk about how you score 62 points. And joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, it is the senior guard who put up 62 points against Marietta, Ashton Francis. Ashton, thanks for coming back on the show here. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Um, I, listen, you are used to putting up points. That's that goes without saying. You you go into a game. You you tend to be the kind of player who's going to put up shots, score some points. You've already put up forty plus points already in the tournament. There, there's nothing abnormal with that. So the usual question of, oh my gosh, you put up sixty two. How did you do that? Probably seems strange. But what was different about the Marietta game? And did you realize you were you were that high in your total? I did not realize uh, I, I had that many points until at the end of the game. Actually, uh, one of my teammates said something about it. Um, but just the, the pace of the game was really fast. So I was able you know, to get a lot of shots up and, and was able to get open. And my teammates did a great job of, of finding me and setting screens for me and setting me up in places where I could score and uh, just had confidence in me and, and kept getting me the ball in places that I could attack. Oh, I'd have confidence in you too, by the way. Um, absolutely. Uh, of the 19 shots you hit, 12 of them from out the, outside the arc. You were 12 of 27. Uh, I'm surprised Grinnell hasn't called you to see if you have any, um, any uh, eligibility left. You were 12 of 13 from the free throw line. You also had 12 rebounds, all of them on the defensive side, and, uh, for 62 points, as we said. Is it one of those things where it becomes subconscious? You just feel like you're hitting shots? Because you hit one late. I think it might have given you guys the lead. I'm pretty sure it did. In the corner, you weren't exactly squared up. Yes, sir. Yeah, just, uh, you know, some of those shots I work on, you know, I know that there um, can be moments, especially late in games, where, you know, you might not get a real clean look and, and you know, may have to square up kind of in air. Um, and so just try and work on those as much as I can. And, and, you know, if we are put in that situation, I want to be prepared. And, and, uh, you know, I said it last night and coach shower said it, uh, I had a similar shot mm -hmm. against Anna at our place earlier this year that I missed and left it short. Um, and so I've worked on that one just about every day since then, knowing that if I got that shot again, um, I wanted to take advantage of it and wanted to hit it for our team. Wasn't that earlier shot against Augustana? 
Yes, sir. Yeah, it was at, at our place down to uh, playing Augustana. So it seems apropos you nail that shot at Augustana. Um, yes. Let me back up a little bit for the whole the whole tournament. Uh, again, 40-plus point, uh, point games the first two games, and then, of course, against Augustana. You know, not your prototypical night. Uh, again, a little bit of tongue-in-cheek there because when you put up any points, it's a newsworthy. 33 seems off for some. Um what was it like to, to first off get rolling in this tournament? Because you guys got past a tough Hanover squad, then you had a mm-hmm. dandy of a game against Worcester. What was like that that opening weekend like? Uh, yeah, you know we we liked our draw going into it, and uh, we're confident, very excited to be in the tournament. Uh, you know, after being out for a couple of years, and knew that we were going to play two really good teams, uh, regardless of who won that second game. Um, and we just came out really strong against Hanover, had a good first half, um, and kind of got rolling. So our confidence picked up, and, and, you know, we just knew that if we play well, I think we can play with anybody, um, and we think we can play with anybody. So those uh, those first two games were really exciting for us. And then, you know, once we realized in that first half against Hanover that, oh, wow, you know, we, we can really play in this thing and can, can make, some, make some noise. You know, it was just getting getting confidence there and, and starting to play well throughout. And then, of course, you, you get a rematch with Augustana. Interesting enough, we had your coach, Mike Shower, on the show um, leading into that. And he said yes, that sir. they were going to take the, you guys were going to take that week as if it was a regular opponent that you had not known before. You were going to do a normal <laughs> scout. You weren't going to take yeah. this as if, oh, we know Augustana. Is that actually how the week progressed? And did that help you guys? It was, yes, sir. Yeah, um, you know, we threw those first two games out the window, um, and obviously, you know, we know Augustana pretty well, um, but we tried to attack it as if we were playing Hanover or Worcester mm-hmm. or somebody we hadn't seen before, because uh, you know, it feels like a league game to everybody else, and looks like a league game, you know, because we're both in the CCIW, uh, but the stakes are completely different. Um, it's just one game, so n- none of the other 27, 28 games, whatever it was before that mattered. It was just that one game that we had to take care of. So uh, I think Coach did a really good job of getting us prepared and kind of having us uh, with the right mindset going into that game. And fortunately, we were able to come out on top against a really great Augustana team. And, of course, we, we talked about the comeback. I'll admit, though, watching that Marietta game, I got a little nervous. You, got, you were putting your points up. The other guys weren't as you know able to score as much. You guys were down double digits for much of that second half. What changed and what spurred that comeback? Uh, I think, you know, we just stayed resilient and and, and uh, locked down on defense. Uh, coach coach said in the timeout uh, during the game, you know, it was about a 10-point lead. And uh, with the pace of the game being what it was and, and so fast-paced, we were going to be able to get a lot of shots up. So really that 10-point lead was more like four or six with you know how fast possessions were going, so we felt like if we could we could just get some stops. You know we had guys who could who could make plays and, and we could get some buckets. So uh, fortunately we were able to do that. And uh, guys like Luke Peters and Jay Spencer stepped up on a defensive end, um, and then Luke Anthony and I and, and some other guys got rolling on offense and we were able to hit some shots and and kind of turn the momentum around. An unbelievable performance yet again. I'm sure we'll talk more about it as as the week goes on. Uh, Bob Quillman, who you probably know pretty well, a big guy, Illinois Wesleyan fans, a little bit better, I think. Yep. He, he wishes the shot you had to learn from was the one 
that you made against Illinois Wesson. I think you'd rather have seen you miss that one. Uh, any thoughts you'd like to share with Bob? Uh, no, Mr. Quillman's been very nice. Oh, don't call uh, him it, Mr. Quillman. No, 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 no. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, yeah, he's been it's been very nice. I've seen uh, some tweets. Uh, he's got very kind words uh, to say most of the time and also gives me a little bit of a hard time for that game in Bloomington. Uh, so I told him this week I was I was sorry about that, but uh, no, it's just just very nice to be you know noticed by by him and, and you know any other people that watch our games and, and just, you know, happy to get some exposure for our team and, and things like that. Um, Smitty from the chat board says, uh, are you going to be upset that you will not be able to participate in the all-star game next week? Um, I would have loved <laughs> to participate in the all-star game, but uh, I'll definitely, definitely take the final four. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is you won't be in the all-star game. You're going to be in two games, nothing against the all-star game. They're going to be hopefully two games. They're going to be a little bit more important. Um, yes, has it sunk in that you guys have gotten there? It has. I think, uh, we, we drove back last night. Uh, so we had about two and a half hours on the bus, uh, to kind of let it sink in. So we were, we were past the trophy round and, <laughs> um, you know, that, that just a really cool moment, uh, on the bus. Uh, I think all of us kind of had an individual moment where we held the trophy and just kind of looked at it like, wow, you know, we, we, we did it. We got to the Final Four. Obviously, the job's not done, but it was nice, uh, you know, at least for that trip and, and a little bit today just to, to kind of recognize that uh, we've achieved part of our goals and uh, have got to the Final Four, something that hasn't been done in our school's history. So, very cool moment for us last night. Um, interestingly enough, you're taking on Oshkosh. You guys beat them back in the third game of the season, and while everyone knew you were a good talent, we all knew that, it felt like that was yours and the team's coming out party this season. A almost a statement to say, "Hey, look who's here! You've got a rematch coming." I assume you'll treat it like the Augustana game. But any thoughts going into what will be an interesting semifinal match? Yes, sir. Yeah, Oshkosh is a, a great team. Um, you know, we knew that coming into the year with them going to the uh, the national finals last year. Um, and yeah, that first game, you know, just wanted to come out. It was our home tournament, the Lee mm-hmm. Fund Classic. And uh, Coach Fund was just such a legendary figure here at Wheaton and means so much to everybody here at Wheaton that we really wanted to come out and, and play well for that game. So there was definitely some emotions. And, you know, at the beginning of the year, I think we've gotten a lot better and Oshkosh has definitely gotten a lot better and they've had a great year. So, uh, yeah, like you said, kind of with the Augustana game, we're not going to approach it like we've played them before and we know um, what they're going to do. We're going to go into it with a fresh mind state, uh, you know, know that it's the Final Four. There's one game to, to just advance, and our season's one game at a time now. So we'll just uh, go forward with it with that mindset. Now, per Bob, I got a little bit of business I got to take care of with you. Uh, you broke okay. the Ben Strong scoring record, which was 59 points. Of course, I happen to call that game, and it's considered one of my career highlights in broadcasting. So yesterday, watching you score 62 was fun, but I also felt like I, I lost a little bit of me in that. That, 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 that moment's gone. It's now second place. So I'm, I'm curious. Do you ha- I'm going to be on the broadcast team this weekend for the Final Four. Do you have anything planned that I can get excited about? Um, hopefully we play well, the Wheaton Thunder play well and and can take care of our business. So whether that means I score two points or one, 
30, whatever it is. Uh, I just hope that we play well and, and advance in the tournament. Can I write you down for 65 or 70? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you want to do that. Like I said, <laughs> just hope that hope that we can play well and I can I can do whatever I can to help us win. All right, fair, fair. I I won't hold you to it then. Um, hey, congratulations! Because by the way, you've also get, scored uh, set the tournament scoring record. You also set the single season scoring record. Does any of that mean anything to you in the grand scheme of things? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's very, very humbling and very uh, proud to, to do that. And what, there's been so many great players in Division Three, and, and uh, I've got to play a lot of great players. So just to be able to have success and um, have such selfless teammates that are willing to, you know, sometimes sacrifice uh, some of their numbers to help to help me get good looks and to get shots and, and to have coaches that, that trust me and, and uh, you know, for all of them to just have confidence in me to, you know, to put up shots and make shots is uh, something that's really humbling, and I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of that. Well, congratulations again to you, to the team, to the coaching staff, et cetera, on making – by the way, did your coach jump in the pool? I heard something about a promise about jumping in a pool. Uh. We were in a different locker room last night, oh, and, uh, okay. so we were we were kind of locked out of the pool. So unfortunately, okay. he didn't. But, uh, <laughs> we might we might have to throw him in the pool here. We we'll have to. We've got a high dive. He may be uh, having to jump off. <laughs> Perfect. Someone videotape it for us. All right. All right. Yes, awesome, Ashton. Before we let you go, we always give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Uh, no, just thank you for having me on and uh we really appreciate you know the exposure and the coverage that you give to uh division three basketball i think it's great what you're doing and uh really appreciate that you would have me be a part of it so well, thank you thank you that means a lot coming from you i appreciate that I look forward to seeing you in fort wayne enjoy the experience enjoy the rest of the week and uh take care of yourself all right sounds good thank you take care aston francis joining us here on the blue frame technology hoopso hotline by the way apparently our video camera has froze i have never seen this happen to us without the entire system crashing but the video camera has frozen we'll see if we can figure that out uh after the break um great job by Ashton francis appreciate some of you having some fun with him as well uh we look forward to seeing him in fort wayne again tickets are on sale muspartans.com slash ncaa mu spart m as in McHugh. muspartans.com slash ncaa you can get more information and tickets please we want to see you all in fort wayne it should be a great time. We switch gears, talk women. We talk to the final four teams, starting with the number one team in the country. Jeff Hands from Thomas Moore joins us coming up. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. More of Hoopsville and maybe a working camera when we come back. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. Welcome to the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, home of Blue Gold Athletics. UW-Eau Claire has been ranked the top five regional public university for over 20 years. We graduate champions with the lowest debt and highest return on investment in the Midwest. Blue Gold Athletics is a Director's Cup Top 20 Division III program offering 22 sports with almost 700 student athletes. UW-Eau Claire is about excellence in the classroom, the field of competition, and the community. Are you the next Blue Gold? 
My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Big shots. Teamwork. This trophy is not given. It must be earned. The 2019 NCAA Division III Women's Basketball Championship, March 15th and 16th at the Krager Center in Salem. Bounces right back with a triple. Great job here. And that'll do it! Visit NCAA.com tickets and get your tickets today. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. You're seeing a, a frozen screen of me. Our video camera has just randomly frozen on us. We'll see if we can work on it without crashing the show and get you back. Not that I am important, but it isn't something wrong with your computer, okay? <laughs> Trust me on that. Um, it is, uh, I am here. We are working. We all just figure out why that isn't working. Um, all right, so let's talk women's basketball. Number one team in the country is Thomas Moore. They didn't get to number one till late in the season, technically. Remember, there were a few weeks there. They were tied with Bowden for number one, though Bowden got it just due to the fact that they had one more first-place vote. Saints, of course, had the wacky season, uh, the wackiest season of all wacky seasons, to be blunt, um, playing, what, 21, 22 of their games by the first weekend of January and then sitting on a cooler, as it were, until about the tournament. They had a few games in there, of course, at the ACAA tournament, and the first weekend had a little bit of a scare, you could say. Second weekend, well, got challenged a little bit there as well with Wash U. But they're to the championship weekend with one of the best players in the country in Madison Temple. And, of course, have an undefeated record. But what does it all really mean in what is essential, what is the last season in Division Three, maybe for now, for the Saints? Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline is the head coach of the Thomas Moore Saints, Jeff Hands. And, Coach... Appreciate you taking the time to join us. Thanks, Dave, for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, I know you're a busy man, so I appreciate it. Um, again, when you put this schedule together this season, first, I know you wanted to position yourself to get into the tournament, and I know you thought you had a good team you wanted to test. But did you envision an undefeated season, especially trying to march your way to the championship weekend? When it it got put together. I mean, number one, it took forever. Um, <laughs> I think it was about Labor Day when I finally wrapped it up when trying to get. And then even at that point in time, the 1st of January, it was supposed to be uh, Miami Hamilton was supposed to be our senior night game. They had to cancel their season for some, some reasons. And mm -hmm. so we had to go find another game to, to be able to honor our four seniors uh, at the end of February, which was not easy either. So I guess really the schedule didn't get wrapped up until end of January, January beginning of February. But putting it all together – I mean, we knew we had to go out and play. Um, we knew the teams would not come to Thomas Moore and play. So it was just how can we go get two games in a, in a weekend or how can we get make, make things work? 
And, um, you know, did I, did I envision us going undefeated? There's no way. Not, <laughs> not with, uh, um, the schedule and the travel. I mean, we played, we played five games in eight days mm-hmm. and three different time zones. And it was right before exams. Um, when we come back and we take exams, we go up to Hope, uh, Hope's tournament, play Baldwin Wallace, who was ranked at that time, and then, uh, play Hope, come back for a day and fly down to Miami and play a couple games down there and then get a couple days off for Christmas and, and then play seven games in 11 days. Um, you know, against out of the Falls tournament, come back, play center. So it was three and three and then, start January off with a couple of NAI opponents that uh, were able to come up and play us at home and then fly down to Dallas and play two into the way tournament teams there with UT Dallas. And, you know, I think that's where travel got to us a little bit in that game. Mm-hmm. We had some the nightmares travel down to UT Dallas and we looked lethargic and, and they were ready to, to play and, and they're a very good ball team anyway. So, um, you know, it, you play 22 games in 59 days with exams and Christmas. It, it's difficult, but, uh, you know, I think it helped us get to where we're at right now because of all the time we were together on the road, the chemistry that was built, it, um, it, it's making the season special. Yeah, it's certainly been one of fascination to watch and, and maybe bittersweet. As we all know, you guys leave Division Three for the NAIA. Um, and, and so it's kind of one of those like, oh, we don't, we don't get to savor it maybe that much. That's beside the point. What's really amazing is you have players like Madison Temple and, and others on this team that do an amazing job of, of seeming to persevere. And I'm not trying to say an undefeated team has been, you know, somehow um, through some ringer or some crazy run, you know, emotional thing here. But that schedule can take a toll. And I'm amazed by how much they stayed focused. We talked to Madison in the middle of all that, and she mm-hmm. talked about how the team was, was staying focused. But in, and it's not even the Madison show. That's I just find everything you guys have put together this season really interesting. Have have you been able to appreciate it, or have it has it been such a a grind as it were that it's been hard to appreciate? I think when we got back from Dallas and we took some time because we weren't we weren't in class yet. We we're still on winter break um, until that next Monday. So I think getting away from each other and just getting some time to calm down because it was such a, you know, usually everybody's coaches call it a marathon because it's, you know, from October yeah. 15th to the end of February and then hopefully middle of March. And it's a long season. It's over both semesters. Ours was a sprint. And so, you know, I think we were able to decompress and then really start working on things. We're playing all those games. I mean, there's days we didn't even practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, uh, there's, I mean, we might not even walk through anything, but sure. just get there and get some shots in and, and, and go play. Um, so we never, we weren't able to really work on much. So I think in, in January, when we had some time, you're able to look back and like say, holy cow, how do we, how do we do it? You know, and, and it's a credit to, to our players and, uh, how they were able to just be resilient in all that travel and, and everything they were doing, uh, on the road all the time. I mean, 18 road games out of the 25 regular season. So it's, it, Again, like I said earlier, I think it helped us because our backs were against the wall a couple times here in the last last uh, couple weekends, and mm-hmm. it we had that on, early on. And you kind of dig down, and you, you start thinking about December, and you start thinking about early January, and you're like, yeah, well, we were able to pull through then. This this pull through now because this is what it's all about. Of course, uh, Temple's a senior. Uh, Shelby Rupp mm-hmm. is a senior as well. She's second on the team at twelve point two points a game. Emily Schutz, uh, Schultz, a junior, is third on the team in scoring. 
Uh, Temple and Rupp both at seven plus rebounds a game. Schultz at five and a half rebounds a game. Temple, it's a, nearly six assists, two and a half assisted to uh, turnover ratio and 2.8 steals. It certainly jumps out. But those other two also contribute. And again, you know, that's nothing on Sanner, who's at 9.3, and Mitchell at 8.3, and McNutt at 6.2. You guys can do a lot with a lot of other individuals. Tell me the balance of the Temple versus the rest of the team. Uh, it's something we started, I mean, a long time ago and how we want to play and unselfish, and we've been able to lead the country and assist the turnover ratio for the last six years. So that's just been a big part of it. And, and I mean, when Sydney Moss came here and she was, was leading that way too. I mean, she would score hers, but she also senior year led a country and assist the turnover ratio. And, you know, Madison does the same thing. I mean, it's not about Madison. Um, mm-hmm. But when the time comes and competitive nature kicks in, she wants to win just like the rest of us. And, but then she's going to do what she has to, but uh, she's going to get everybody involved because she knows at the end of the day. And we all know that at the end of the day, that not one person can go be successful in, in the game of basketball and especially at this level. So having Shelby do what she's doing uh, as a senior is a major credit to her, her and how she's, how far she's come uh, from a freshman year. And then Emily doing her thing, um, you know, she made some big shots this weekend for us. Uh, and then off the bench, Asia Mitchell's freshman comes in and has 21 the other night. So it's just anybody. And that's that's been one of the special things about us over the years, and especially this year with the schedule, playing that tough schedule with all the ranked teams. Uh, you can't concentrate on one or even two because there's going to be two other ones that, are, that have a chance to hurt you on that single on that night. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, dynamic. And, and we saw it kind of play out in the tournament. You correct me if I'm wrong. We were doing whip around, so it was a little bit hard to spot. But I was watching the, the, the Trine game. And obviously, Trine got up and had you guys stymied in that first half. I, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall to hear what you may have had to say at halftime or hear what the team may have had to say at halftime because you guys woke up in the third quarter. But it also seemed like during that game, there were times that Madison was trying to get her other teammates involved and was not necessarily trying to do it herself and then decided to do it herself. And I almost feel like we saw that in the fourth quarter with WashU as well. Is that a fair way of what was going on in those games, or is there more involved? Oh, I'll go back to your first yeah, question. Yeah, you would uh, Trying to, you would like to be a fly on the wall. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I was, I was as positive as positive could be. <laughs> um, you know, we went in and, and talked about how the turnovers got cut in half from eight to four. Um, that's a positive thing in the second quarter, and we outscored them in the second quarter. Yeah. And so we were instead of being down 13 or more, we were only down 11. Uh, so I was good. Um, you know, now what they said to each other before I got in there, I don't have any idea. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope they were a little bit nasty with each other uh, about some things, but you know, probably not. But that's okay. Sure. But I was good because um, I thought we were getting our shots that we wanted. We just weren't making any. And I mean, when you have 12 turnovers against a team like that, it's you're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one thing we did this weekend is is took care of the basketball and and made sure we got good shots and and were able to finish. But uh, yeah, both both those games, trying uh, wash you and even Transy on Friday night. It's um, how Madison plays and, and how the team plays, and you know they know that she's going to. To attack and, and they better be ready for a kickout for a three. Uh, I mean, trying Asian Mitchell hit a big three from the corner mm-hmm. in that game, and, and you know on Friday or on Saturday night against Washu, uh, we're down 62-60, and 
and Kayla Sander hits a, a three off the kickout from Madison, and then you know he just puts the ball in biased opinion on my side of who I think is the best player in the country. Mm-hmm. You put it in her hands and, and, and you let him go and let her make decisions, whether it's her, her time to score or find her find her teammates. And, and we know that nine times out of ten, she's going to make the right decision and, and, and get a good shot. I mean, she shoots over 60% from the floor and she <laughs> yeah. averaged almost six assists a game. So, um, and, and teammates, when she passes, they, they know they're going to finish as well. And she has that confidence in them and, and they have the confidence in her that she's going to find them. So it, it's a very good balance. Wash U game, I, I think I said at the beginning of the show, I think a lot of us underappreciated how good Wash U was during parts of this season, and they nearly tripped you guys up completely uh, at your place, which is, you know, as we all know, one of the rarer things to do is to win uh, in Kentucky against you guys. What was that fourth quarter like, and what did you guys try and do differently that finally got that to work? Or to repeat the theme, was it the Temple show? Um, yeah, I mean, offensively, but it was a lot of defense. And, mm-hmm. you know, you talk about Wash U, they went through, through some things. Uh, you know, I tried to go back through and look at what happened early on with them, like, with some of the losses. And, you know, it's, uh, so I think they had some injuries that, that happened maybe. So they're, they're trying to find themselves. And, and boy, did they find themselves when they got the conference yeah. play in January. Uh, I mean, you go through the UAA and go 15 1, um, or I think that's what it is, yeah. something like that. Yeah. 14 1, uh, whatever. Um, you know, one loss, it, it, you're doing some things well. And when you start five seniors and you have another senior come off the bench, uh, they're going to give you the best effort and they're going to compete. And, and we know that. I mean, especially with the, that of trip to the Final Four on the line. So they just kept coming. And I thought right at the end of the first half or the whole second quarter, so we got up 27-11 in the first quarter. And second quarter, they, they imposed their will in transition. They imposed their will in, on the offensive glass and, and got it down. And and uh, Sunday, Rachel Sunday finally got a, a three to go in off an offensive rebound, and I thought I was gave them a lot of momentum going into halftime. And then they come out and they score the first 12 points off of th- mm-hmm. made threes in the third quarter. Uh, but our, our guys were, were resilient, and we finally got back out on the shooters and got some contested shots, and, and some of them we didn't get contested, and, and they just missed. Um, but then, again, put, put the ball in Madison's hands and um, let her let her make those plays uh, that – that she likes to make. I mean, just try to put them in spots to be successful. And, sure. and we were able to do that, but it was a lot of defensive stuff. I mean, we got a five second call one time. Uh, so that helped, that helped out a lot Yeah, uh, to, to get the ball back and, and get going. Before I let you go, you're heading to Salem. Um, you know, the, what has been the, the icon of division three championships to some degree, mm-hmm. you get to go there, play this at Kreger uh, with a team that's undefeated in its last season in division three. I have a feeling subconsciously or quietly, this has been the whole point. You guys wanted to go out on top. You got Scranton ahead of you in the first one. I know it hasn't been a lot of time, so I'm not expecting a full breakdown, but what do you expect uh, with the week ahead? Uh, very good. Very good game. Um, I haven't had a chance to watch them at all yet. You sure. know, I hope Coach Woodruff hasn't had a chance to watch us yet. Um, so hopefully he's enjoying a little bit of winning last night over Tufts and, and uh, celebrated a little bit too long last night, plus the time change. So he's you know an hour behind, so he's not watching us. But uh, you know, Bridge Man's healthy. I'm looking at some stuff. I know she missed some games, and very good guard that we'll have to contend with. And they got some size inside um, that we'll have to be ready to go. But it's it's at the Final Four um, championship weekend. You know, a lot a lot goes into it. I think our experience will hopefully give us a good opportunity to be in a better shape, uh, be in the best shape because of being there 
last year, you know, and these seniors being there as freshmen as well and um, and winning a national championship up in Indy. Uh, so hopefully we can do that. And, and our guys, our senior four seniors have been very good about keeping our underclassmen a little humble and making sure that they know what to expect and how things need to be and, and just the whole thought process here the last couple of weeks because it's, you know, it's exciting and it can be overwhelming. And uh, you get down there and you, you do the, the social and you do the Thursday with all the practice and everything that happens. It's, it's a busy day and you you got to remember why you're there. I mean, the, the experience is going to be great down at Salem, uh, everything that they've done, even just so far. Yeah. Um, being up here and, I mean, they said they were at all four sectional sites yep. over the weekend. Um, and talking to their representative last night after the game. I mean, we're looking for a first-class um, show down there, and, and we're just very excited to be a part of it. I can't can't wait for that. You guys, uh, you will get first-class attention from Salem. They know how to do it right, and uh, you. I'm glad you get that experience. Uh, Jeff, who knows if this is the last chance we'll talk. It all depends on how next weekend goes. Um, <laughs> but I've enjoyed chatting with you over the years. As always, we give the uh, guests the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who are tuned in? It's been a uh, great season so far for D- Division Three women's basketball. And, um, you know, I, there's three more games left in the, in the season, and, and I think the four teams that are there are, all of us have a chance to win it. Um, you know, it's going to be three great games, and, and we're looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, thank you guys, you and Gordon and Pat and, and everybody associated with uh, Hoopsville and, and B3 Hoops for everything that you guys do. And, you know, having us on as, as much as, as you have and, and giving us our um, time, just like all the other students and, and the coaches out there. Uh, you know, we really appreciate it, and I know everybody tells you that. And, and we all, I'm sure I can speak for a lot of coaches and, and players, we all mean it from our hearts. Well, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate that. Enjoy Salem. Gordon will be there on the call. Uh, I'm sure it'll be great games, and we'll look forward to watching them. Take care of yourself. Safe travels, and we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Jeff Hands joining us here on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Again, our camera is frozen. I apologize, folks. We'll see if we can tweak some things without risking crashing everything. But uh, we'll be back. Uh, we'll, we'll figure that out in a moment. But hats off to Thomas Moore. Uh, absolutely tremendous season to this point. Uh, some big battles this past couple of weeks. They have gotten past those battles. I'm really impressed. Scranton's going to have a tough test. We'll hear from Bridget Mann coming up in the show, by the way. Uh, hear her take on getting to the championship weekend and maybe going mano in mano with Madison Temple. But in the meantime, hats off to the Saints. Really great uh, season despite the wackiness of it all. And we'll look forward to seeing how they do in the championship weekend. Take another break. When we come back, we will talk uh, to, who are we going? Oh, yeah, uh, Adrian Scheibels from uh, Bowdoin will join us. You're listening to Hoops Hope. It's by T3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoops after this. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. 
It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. Big shots. Teamwork. This trophy is not given. It must be earned. The 2019 NCAA Division III Women's Basketball Championship, March 15th and 16th at the Krager Center in Salem. Bounces right back with a triple. Great job here. And that'll do it! Visit NCAA.com slash tickets and get your tickets today. It starts right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment. The game-winning shot that gets you to the dance. A monster dunk or no-look pass and cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success and prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. UW-Eau Claire and Mayo Clinic Health System are creating amazing opportunities for students from across the Midwest. Our collaborative research agreement allows students to work with world-renowned physicians and scientists. And with more than 80 majors, UW-Eau Claire is the perfect fit for those who dream big and are ready to change the world. Big shots. Big dunks. This trophy is not given. It must be earned. The 2019 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 15th and 16th at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum Arena in Fort Wayne. With his third triple. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets and secure your seats today. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place that gets your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. Welcome back to Hoopsville and our frozen camera. We actually tried a trick in the uh, in the break. It didn't work. 
We also proceeded to misdial our telephone numbers coming up here in a moment, too. But it's been one of those shows. It, we're still in the air, so forgive the frozen screen. Uh, yes, the joke is it's not going to hurt your broadcast. I just don't want your computer thinking it or you thinking your computer has gone sideways. We are here. Don't worry. Uh, we're going to keep things moving along, including, by the way, um, talking to uh, Adrian Scheibels, despite the fact I tried to not have that happen either. Uh, somebody from Maine should know what the area code is up there, considering I do and wasn't dialing it. Bowden was number one team for most of the season. Uh, unfortunately, tumbling late at uh, tumbling, and I'm using that term very loosely when it comes to the top of Division Three women's basketball when you take one loss. They lost to Tufts at the end of February. Um, but then found their legs, as it were, in the NCAA tournament. They beat Hunter and Smith and a really good SUNY New Paltz team in a surprising 31-point win. And then Ithaca in a surprising 25, 26-point win. I only say surprising because those teams were playing so well, Bowden absolutely mopped the floor with them. What does it all mean? Well, it probably doesn't mean all that much. But joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline is the head coach of the now third-ranked Bowden Polar Bears. Coach Adrian Scheibels. And, and Coach, thanks for uh, joining us on the show, albeit a little bit later than we originally planned. Thanks for having me. Um, tell me what's going on with Bowden this season, because you guys were number one. You had a huge target on your back all year. You guys played extremely well all season long. And yeah, Tufts beating you. Talk about a shocker in the NESCAC, right? Um, the top three teams are really good. But then you guys have been on a tear since then, you've absolutely handled every team except Smith. What's 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 the season been like from your vantage point? Uh, it's been an incredible ride. Um, I don't think anyone expected us to achieve this this level of success this year after graduating three superior players um, last year. So um, it's just been a, a joy to work with this group. They've really risen. Um, they came in with uh, set high standards for their for themselves right away, and um, and have worked incredibly hard to get to this point in our season. You guys again were this. I don't want to say quiet number one team, but it seemed like everybody else was getting the attention. You know, Amherst losing to Eastern Connecticut, and so everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, look, the streak is over." And then what Thomas Moore was doing with its season and playing, you know almost every game by the beginning of January. That stole a lot of headlines. Um, everybody else, there was something going on with everybody, whether it was St. Thomas or Scranton or whatever, that seemed to get headlines. You guys seemed, in my opinion, to be kind of quiet up there in, in Maine. Um, is that the fair way of saying it? Or did you guys feel like you still had a lot of pressure and or a lot of attention? I mean, we don't we don't really think about what the um, the outside world is thinking about us or what <laughs> they're saying, and um, we just stayed focused on on getting that one percent better every day this this season. Um, not taking a practice off, not taking a possession off, and um, and I think that worked really well for us. We did we did feel a target on our back for sure. I mean, any, mm -hmm. anytime you're top of the conference or number one in the nation, you know people are going to gun for you. Um, but you know, we're no stranger to that kind of feeling. Um, it was certainly a disappointment to lose in the conference championship, but I think that that's given us some extra motivation sure. um, to, to really excel in the tournament. Yeah, and it seemed like Tufts was exacting revenge. They got Amherst and you guys, the two losses that they had had uh, earlier in the season. It seemed like it was apropos. Though it was at your place, which is interesting. You guys have one of the, again, there's a bunch of, of great New England uh, arenas, especially in the NESCAC, to see a game. You, Tufts, Amherst, Williams, et cetera. You guys have a wonderful place up there. 
how much was that an advantage this year, and how much is it maybe a surprise you would lose at home to Tufts? Um, you know, it's a great advantage. We we get a lot of support from our community. I mean, we, our students were on break this weekend, but we still um, filled our gym just um, with people from our community that come out, um, you know, every game to support the polar bears. So we feel really blessed to be be a part of such a special community. Um, and, it, and it makes a huge difference to play in front of a crowd like that. Um, it was, you know, it, of course it was a surprise to lose to Tufts, but then again, I mean, you know, Tufts is a super, a, a superb team, and we expected them to come in and give us a battle. And uh, on that particular day, they, you know, they shot the ball well, they defended well, they did everything well, and um, we, we didn't, you know, meet our standards in that game, so credit them. Again, you guys took advantage of the home court. Everybody has so far to get to this championship weekend. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, you had a tough one in Smith in that second-round game, just like Tufts mm-hmm. did with with uh, Haverford. What was Smith doing that seemed to work so well against you guys, and how did you finally figure out how to get over that? Yeah, I think, you know, they have uh, a really talented team. I mean, two All-American candidates, um, an amazing coaching staff. I have great respect for Lynn. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, she has uh, our National Player of the Year, Kate Kerrigan, on her staff, who obviously, <laughs> obviously knows us pretty well. So we <laughs> I think, um, you know, they came in with a, a, a great game plan. Um, you know, they just they pounded the ball inside on us a little bit. And, and you know, Bondi was, was hitting all over the court. And so um, I was really proud of the way that our team just – dug in and, and didn't lose faith. And um, we just, we, we have an ability to wear teams down over four quarters. So even we've gotten behind in several games this year. And I, and I love the resilience of this team and the way they stay focused and, and, um, and never, never give up. And again, this team is led by Abby Kelly, who's the senior at 14, mm-hmm. really 15 points a game, uh, four and a half rebounds, two assists a game. You then have Matt, uh, Maddie ha- uh, Hassan, 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 yes. Hassan, sorry, thank you. Uh, by the way, quick note, we had Abby on the show earlier this season. Wonderful chat with her. Uh, Hassan with 14.5 points a game. Uh, Taylor Choate at 13 points a game. Uh, Hassan's their leading rebounder at six rebounds a game. Those are just some details for everybody out there. Choate, one of your top assists at 3.5. And, and then Samantha Roy at 4.5 assists a game and 9.8 rebounds or, uh, points. You've got to have a group there in four. And, and I'm not trying to take anything away from the rest of the squad, but that four group. Points. You got the rebounds covered. You got the assists covered. Uh, you even got your steals covered. And in, in Choate and Roy leading the team in, in those two categories, um, among others. What is it about that that core group? Um, I mean, they've been just really super consistent all all year in producing for us. Um, and uh, and the tournament, they've they've really stepped up in a huge way. But the truth is, on any given night, it could be someone else. It could be Hannah Graham, who is an incredible shooter. Um, you know, it could be Cordelia Stewart, um, who is our backup center this year. She started for us last year. It could be it could be anyone. It could be one of our first years. So mm-hmm. um, I, I I love that about this team. Um, that on any given night, it, it could be you know one of our um, someone not in that top four group that's that's really having a night. Did you expect the games against New Paltz and Ithaca to, quote-unquote, not be as close? We saw New Paltz coming in playing some really good basketball, and Ithaca had a dandy of a game against DeSales at your place. I expected you guys to get more of a battle. I was almost a little surprised at the results. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I I didn't expect the those scores to be honest. I you know scouting those teams, um, I was really really super impressed um, with with their teams, with their personnel. Um, I mean, we have sort of a tradition of battling Ithaca and then say tournament and Dan's yeah. a good friend of mine. And <laughs> I know his teams are always going to be like gritty and tough and hard nosed. And so, um, you know, and I do think that they gave us a battle. Um, but no, we, we went into, into the weekend feeling like we're, you know, we're going to have to grind to get these wins. Well, it's interesting because it feels like both games were a tale of two halves. Cause if you look at the new Paltz game, uh, you had a six-point lead at, at halftime, which was the same lead you had at the end of the first quarter. But then you beat them 48-23 to 23 in the second half. In the Ithaca game, you had a seven-point lead at, at the end of the quarter. The first quarter, you had a five-point lead at halftime. And then you destroyed them in the second half, 51-30. Uh, to 30. Mm-hmm. It, What was it about the second half that, that seems to be so good, at least in those games and, and certainly others, but... When the when it's tough, it's these games. So what is it about the second half here? Uh, I think we've come along with with um, you know I think the team's really good at at focusing at halftime, listening to the coaching staff, making the adjustments needed. Um, and you know I also credit our fitness. They worked incredibly hard in the off season. Our strength and conditioning coach is amazing at Bowdoin, and so I think they're well prepared to just you know wear teams down over time. Um, but the adjustments made at halftime are I think are key. Um, and having those 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 strong second halves. Uh, you make you are now, well, you 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 matched uh, Stephanie Pemper's ability to get the team to the uh, championship weekend last year. You've now beaten that by getting the team back a second year in a row. What does it mean to not only kind of take Bowden to another level in its program's history, but to do it in back to back years? Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty special. Um, I do think this team has worked incredibly hard for this um, and and has earned this moment. But um, I'm really happy for the for again for our community for all the people that follow us religiously, and I'm super happy for these these seniors and for this team. A uh, friend of ours of the program, um, Ronk, is out there. He he likes Sam Roy. Wants to give a shout out uh, <laughs> to your starting guard. Says uh, really impressed with what she's done after, the, as you mentioned, the graduation of, of Kate Kerrigan, who obviously uh, everything rotated around as a player of the year uh, with her. What tell us a little bit about what Roy has done stepping into Kerrigan's shoes? Um, yeah, she she took her fitness to a whole nother level in the mm-hmm. off season and um, and. She has. She's a fan favorite at Bowdoin. I mean, she's just um, a big heart and a small package. She just plays with such fierce intensity um, for a little point guard. She um, some of the passes she makes. I mean, she just distributes the ball so well. When she can get open, she can nail a shot. She's a great pull-up jumper. She has the whole package. Um, but I think you know it's that passion. It's playing with such heart that makes her a fan favorite for um, <laughs> for our community. Uh, I don't want to. I know we got to let you go. You're heading to Salem, Virginia now. Um, mm-hmm. First off, I made the joke to I think it was Fred Richter about getting past uh, Freeport on the way north to you guys and, and not stopping at LL Bean. I assume you guys are very comfortable getting past LL Bean uh, to get to Roanoke. But how's the weather up there? Because at this point in the season, things get a little quirky. How's travel going to get affected trying to get to Salem, Virginia this week? Oh gosh, I'll admit I haven't looked ahead this week um, to see what the weather's like. We had we've had a storm today, actually. Yeah, I thought I heard something about that. Yeah, um, we're planning to fly out really early on Wednesday, oh, so okay. 
um, hopeful that the weather's going to cooperate and that we'll get it get out okay. Hey, you know, I'm kind of curious. How do how do you get from Portland to to Salem, Virginia? Is that a, a couple of hop skips and jumps? Or are you going to get lucky enough to a <sighs> semi straight? You know, there's no way there's a straight shot. No, no. Um, really, a shout out to my athletic director who did all the planning today. And <laughs> um, I believe we're flying into Greensboro, and there is a layover. Okay. Um, and from there, it's it's a couple hours drive. So okay, you're going to go into Greensboro and then drive up. Gotcha. Yep. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I've done that trip. It's it's scenic. It's very nice. Uh, it, it might be a little windy, but it's scenic. Yeah. It's pretty. Um, what does it mean to be going to Salem, Virginia? And I don't want to make I'm, maybe I'm making more out of Salem than it needs to be, but it's been the mecca for men's basketball and football. It certainly knows what it does with Division Three championships. Women finally have a chance to go there. What is it? What do you think it means to you, the program in Division Three women's basketball? Uh, we're just we're super excited um, to be going there to you know and to uh, we want to soak up every every um, moment while we're there. Um, there was um, Bethany Danley from uh, was was at our our site oh, this weekend representing yeah Salem. She has and, some roots, I think, up there, doesn't she? Yeah, she sure does. So um, she got us pretty fired up for <laughs> for our trip there. Um, so we can't wait. Well, I'm I'm sure you guys are going to have fun. Uh, and the trip will be a good one. I know uh, we were a little late here, so I appreciate the time joining us on the show. Congratulations to the Polar Bears on on doing this not only once but twice in a row. Uh, and and now you got a chance. Uh, well, geez, you got a battle though with St. Thomas for sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you and Ruth Sin will will exchange notes after the game. Uh, yeah, we we actually keep in touch now and again. I, I really have great respect for her, so I'm, I'm looking forward to the battle. The battle of the North teams taking place down in in the South. That that should be fun. Yeah, um, Adrian, thanks for the time. We always give the coach Thank the you final. So much. Absolutely, give the always give the guests the final word. Many final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be tuned in. Oh, uh, no final words other than we hope to to see all the listeners at Salem this weekend. We're pretty pretty excited. Very nice. I'm sure it'll be a good time. Take care of yourself. We'll look forward to talking to you down the road. All right, thanks. Uh, Adrian Scheibel's joining us uh, from the one-loss Bowden uh, Polar Bears, 30-1. and one. There's a lot of those records in the championship weekend. Very impressed. We'll see if uh, we'll see what the final record is of the winning team when it comes out. But uh, Polar Bears playing really good basketball. I was really amazed by this past weekend. Just I don't want to say how easy it was, but those second halves in both games were statement second halves. Uh, St. Thomas is going to have their work cut out for them, but then again, so is uh, so are the Polar Bears with St. Thomas. Uh, don't worry, you, your your video hasn't frozen. I'm waving. It just isn't working on the camera. We should continue to work on that, but it isn't ruining the show. Coming up next, speaking of St. Thomas, Ruth Sin joins us to talk about her squad and what she thinks of uh, the Polar Bears and their season, that is, St. Thomas's. You'll listen to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoops after this. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. UW-Eau Claire and Mayo Clinic Health System are creating amazing opportunities for students from across the Midwest. Our collaborative research agreement allows students to work with world-renowned physicians and scientists. And with more than 80 majors, UW-Eau Claire is the perfect fit for those who dream big and are ready to change the world.
big shots. Big dunks. This trophy is not given. It must be earned. The 2019 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 15th and 16th at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum Arena in Fort Wayne. With his third triple. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets and secure your seats today. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Uh, no, your video screen is not frozen. It's the ongoing theme tonight. Uh, our camera is frozen. I'm just waiting to click on it at one point and see it come back and everything's working. But it's not. You're not losing anything. Don't worry about it. It's more about the content of the show. Anyway, got questions for us? Tweet us at D3 Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us dave.mcu at d3sports.com. Scrolling on the bottom of your screen, that is working. You can also join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville, where Jay Cozen earlier discovered just how tall Wheaton is. In the tournament, yeah, they're a really tall squad. But again, Aston Francis is how the drink is stirred. Uh, hopefully later our video is working that we can show you how Aston scored those 62 points, something we forgot to run earlier. Let's stick with women's basketball for a little bit longer, though. In um, Bowdoin, we just talked to uh, Adrian Scheibels. They will be taking, off, taking on Ruth Sin's Tommies of St. Thomas. And they haven't lost since they lost to Wartburg 60 to 40. Apparently earlier in the show, I may have said two points. I think I got cut off in my own head because I certainly meant to say 20. Uh, that Wartburg loss was avenged in rather dramatic fashion, winning by 29, did St. Thomas against Wartburg. And that gets them to the championship weekend. And Ruth Sin, I know, is thrilled because if you didn't see the picture of her with the net in her hand, it's a dandy. Oh, you'll see it here on the show. Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline is Ruth Sin in the uh, great picture of her ecstatic on top of the ladder. Coach, I'm just glad you didn't fall off the ladder. <laughs> uh, it's always great getting on top of that ladder and being able to cut those nets down. So we're real excited to have this opportunity and be with talking to you tonight. Well, uh, it is awesome, to say the least. I'm really impressed. You guys had a fascinating week or a tournament, really. Um, you played Ripon in the first round, e you know, somewhat easy win by 30, but then you took on Wisconsin Lutheran, who I thought was a little bit better than people were giving them credit, and they, they showed it by knocking off Illinois Wesleyan. Let's start with that one. That win over IWU, did that make you a little bit more nervous about Wisconsin Lutheran going into that game? Oh, completely. Wisconsin Lutheran, <laughs> I mean, they they only had one loss in the season. They were a, a completely senior-driven team, and, and they played that way. They yeah. played with their hearts, and they gave everything they have, and they were very, very talented with, you know, two-time um, player of the year, 
um, in from their conference yeah. in Jennifer Dowden. So, you know, we had seen them last year. We were fortunate enough to host that first round, and, and they had come to our place as well. So we knew a lot about them, and we knew it was going to be a great game. Yeah, it, you ended up not being as close as I expected, but still, it was it was sixteen points. It, they didn't really kind of you didn't really pull away from them till later in the game. Correct, correct. No, and like I said, I mean, it was it it was just kind of you know punch and repunch, and it, and it was a, it was a great game of of plays, and and both teams were making plays and and just playing with a lot of passion and emotion. Yeah, because you guys had a good second quarter, beat them 24-8 to in that quarter. I mean, you exploded in that second quarter. But in the third quarter, they kind of gave you a dose of your own medicine coming back at you. Obviously, you have to play 40 minutes in the tournament. That's at least what we've been told. Uh, completely. completely. Got... And sometimes, sometimes as a coach, you know, when you when you are doing well and you go into halftime, you're like, um, you know, can we just forego the halftime and just keep <laughs> the momentum going? Yeah. You know, we really don't need to pause right now. Yeah, I've heard that from many a coach over the years. Um, fast forward, you guys get to be at home and continue to stay at home, and Amherst was flown out to you guys. Um, this is an interesting game because mentally, I am sure your team's looking at the fact that they're the two-time defending national champs, that they're this behemoth out of the NESCAC. Uh, okay, I'll use the pun. They're the mammoth out of the NESCAC. Um, it doesn't matter what their record was coming in. It didn't matter maybe what you said, that this isn't the same old Amherst that, that won those two titles. This is a little bit different. It probably didn't matter. Mentally, that's what's coming to their to their front door. Correct, correct. I mean, they have set the bar for Division Three women's basketball the last few years. You know, their their statistics um, on the defensive end are just crazy. Mm. And then offensively, they've just been consistent, consistent, and they're very dynamic. And so, and I told GP that, uh, that you know, we, we studied them. You know, last year we felt like we were a good offensive team, but we were, we were not a good defensive team. And we studied their numbers, and we studied – you know, what they did, you know, we always say success leaves clues, follow the clues and Mm -hmm. you'll find success. And then we studied Amherst. And so for them to be coming to us, I mean, you know, we have been talking about this is what we wanted to do defensively. And this is the type of team that we wanted to be. So it was an honor to have them come here to see them live and in person. And and not that we hadn't seen them in person, you know, last year at this time for the final four, the final four was in Rochester, Minnesota. And our whole team, um, drove down to Rochester an hour and a half just to see what it was like, even though we've been there again, but we wanted to see, you know, what the competition wow. was like. And, and, and you learn when, when you're sitting on the side, you, 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 you learn and, and you look and, and you, you get a feel for, okay, where you want to do and where you want to go. And then you got to figure out a game plan to get there. I want to come back to that. Uh, I don't want to lose the, the, where we are, but I want to come back to, to last year's championship weekend. But um, I feel like it was deja vu again in this one because you guys put your foot down in the second quarter, outscored them twelve to four, and had what was that about a seven or not nine point lead at halftime. But they returned the favor to you, just like Wisconsin Lutheran, sixteen nine in the third quarter. You had to be wondering again back to that halftime conversation. Momentum is moving. You don't really want to take a halftime. It seems like two games in a row. That's exactly what happened. Completely, completely. I mean, we were fortunate in that second quarter. Um, Evan Eck was in foul trouble, so yeah, you know they're a little different team. You know when they've got Agreed. their stars sitting on the bench, 
And then in the in the third quarter, you know, we um, you know, we just lost we lost some shooters, and you you can't lose those shooters, um, especially against Amherst. They're, they're going to make you pay. They've got so many in Hendricks and Fox, obviously, and 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 they've got um, Rush. I mean, they've got great shooters, and we lost Rush too many times, and so. It, it it became a lot more of a game than we were um, hoping to at the halftime. You know, we were hoping that we could keep that separation, and that was not the case. It's interesting you mentioned defense and and, and improving defense because the end of the game essentially was about the defense. Um, they had obviously a big shot to force overtime, and you guys had a look, just couldn't get it pulled off at the end of regulation. You go to overtime, and not only is it a battle, but it comes down to a final shot by them. And I was blown away by the defense in that situation. You guys weren't holding back. You were in their faces. At one point, I think it was Eck who drove. I'm not positive. And the defender stays with her without fouling her, forces her back outside. The pass that eventually goes to the three-point shooter there's a defender in the passing lane to make that a lob pass, which allowed the closing distance um, or the time really to close the gap for uh, who was it? Renikoff, I think, with the block. That Correct. whole sequ- sequence defensively that essentially won you guys that game was amazing to watch. Well, it it it, it you know when you get down to that position in the game is you learn from the previous experience that you know in regulation that we 1.2 give up that shot it's like we got to make sure at least we adjust and and we don't get beat on the same thing with the same person doing the same shot and i know lucia talking to lucia she was just i saw it all replaying it was like i saw this movie again and it's not going to happen again you know that was the thing was outside of the drive it was a replay it felt like of their shot that that forced overtime, but it was, it wasn't just Lucia who was able to get, it was, I don't know who the defender was who forced that pass to become a lob pass versus a bouncer chest pass. Cause I don't know if Lucia closes the gap. If it's one of those passes, it's that lob pass. that gives Lucia that extra step to close the gap And, and whoever that defender is to force that that's key too. I mean, that just proves how much it's a team game. Correct. And, and, and that's the thing about defensively. It's just little things that you do, you know, even, even like you said, playing without fouling. That's yeah. something that we've really driven trying to emphasize, which Amherst does a great job about, you know, keeping the ball in play and not giving extra possessions at the, yeah, at the foul line. So um, it's just little things like that where, you know, it comes down to it. It, it, it makes a big difference. So, by the way, that was the Sweet 16 game. <laughs> you Correct. still Correct. had to play Correct. the Elite Eight game. Uh, the sectional exactly. final against Wartburg, who's the only team you lost to this season, and they thumped you by 20. I'll admit, I expected either Wartburg to have your number because, man, they were playing well coming into that point. Or it was going to be a bat, a tight game. I did not see a a eighty five fifty six victory in your hands. Did you think you guys had them that good? No, I agree completely with you. I mean, Warburg was playing on all cylinders. I mean, they were they were playing well. They they were playing. They played the game ahead of us, and it was three by three by three, and it was it was it was it was pretty basketball. And we went into that game. 
knowing, you know, in December we, we did not play well, you know, and we, we don't suffer losses like that. And that was a very humbling experience where we really needed to look and decide, you know, what are some things that we got to improve on and what are some things that we got to change? And I give the girls a lot of credit because they went into that, you know, with that mindset and that idea that we're going to grow through January and February. And, you know, if we get into a situation like this again, we'll be prepared for this moment. And so when Warburg came in, it was, okay, we know what we need to do to counter what happened last time. And, and you know, they bought in and, and they went at it. And, and we were the attackers. I mean, and that yeah. was, you know, and, and when you shoot the ball the way we were shooting oh. the ball, you know, good things, good things happen. You think? Um, yeah. You guys shot 30.4% against them in the first game uh, back at the end of December at their place. You shot 59.6% in the game in the Elite Eight. You shot 21.5% from beyond the arc against them earlier in the season. You shot 53% from beyond the arc. The only thing I'll knock you for, you were 7 for 10 from the free throw line against them in the first game. You were 7 of 13 against them uh, in the second game. Um, I mean, the rebound game was was similar as, as the previous game. Yes, you won this battle. They won the previous one, but it was pretty tight. Uh, assist the steals. They had 13 to 10 last time. This time you had 20 to six. So there were some small things like that, but it really came down to absolutely ungodly shooting numbers. Mm, yeah. And, and I don't know. I mean, obviously we shot the ball very, very well, but we are a very good shooting team. You know, right sure. now, you know, we're a 50, 40 team and there's not a lot of teams that Mm-mm. you can say they're, you know, their field goal percentage is over 50% and their three point field goal percentage as a team is at 40%. And we are, you know, and, and we were fortunate enough. They were doing some things where they were doubling and, and we got some good open looks, you know, off of that. You know, we've, we've, we've got a really good player in, in you know, Hannah Spalding in, in the middle, and she does a really nice job, you know, with reading and finding the open players, and she did a great job for us. You guys take on Bowden in the next round, the national semifinals. Uh, you, let's see, you lo- you played at the beginning of last season uh, and lost to him 80-68 to at a game that was played in, what was that? Uh, Skidmore. It was Skidmore. Okay, yeah, that's where yep. I thought it was. So I guess I don't know how much you really can take from that and, and fast forward a year and a, or a season and a half to now. I know you're barely getting into the scout. I'm not looking for scouting info here, but how do you get the team ready? Well, I mean, we've got a lot of respect for Bowden. I mean, that was one of the reasons that we wanted to go out east is we played Connecticut College and we played Bowden. And the idea is we want to play the NESCAC. We want to see what that next level is because our our goals are always to grow and improve and Bowden's got a great team, and, and they, they blitzed us. There's no question about it. You know, I think, you know, they ended up beating us by 20, you know, and Abby Kelly is a phenomenal player for them. Um, she had 28 against us, and, you know, we had our hands full, and it was it was a great eye-opener for us. You know, obviously last that last year, you know, we had just graduated um, Caitlin Langer, National Player of the Year, and so Hannah Spalding was – still kind of coming into her own trying to figure things out but you know they have a great great team and even as we're trying to prepare for them right now it's like they're averaging 85 points a game Mm -hmm. you know they're forcing 20 turnovers you know we're going to have our hands full and you know we've got a lot of respect for what they do and and it's going to be a great game you know and so it's fun in these environments to be playing 
and these type of games against these type of opponents. And, you know, even in, in, in any situation, you're learning different things on, you know, different conferences on how they play and different coaches and how they attack and, you know, just different things. So we've been, we've been really enjoying this experience. Uh, you talked about going to Rochester, Minnesota last year to see the championship weekend, even though, as you said, you'd been there before, but you guys drove the hour and a half. Now you're headed to Salem. I'll, I'll freely admit it's going to be a different experience. Um, nothing against Rochester, but Salem does what Salem does. But what what do you hope that you all gained from that trip last year for this year? Or what overall was the was the goal there? Well, when you do something, it shows how much you care, and that you enjoy the game and you want to study the game and you want to improve. And, and, and our young ladies all wanted to, okay, we want to experience it. We want to see it. We knew about them because we had played them and we had a lot of respect for their program. Um, Thomas Moore, um, you know, it was about four years ago we were playing in their sectional, so we yeah. knew about them. But uh, but again, if, if if you want to improve and you want to grow, you've got to study the best. And so we went down there just to see, okay, what is it that they're doing? And, you know, how can we emulate some of those characteristics? And, you know, and we, we went away with that, that it's like, yes, we want to we take that next step. Two years ago, we were in the, the Final Four, and it was in Grand Rapids, uh, Michigan at Calvin. And, you know, we wanted to get back to that. And so it's like, okay, where did we fall short, you know? And we're really excited, you know, to head to Salem. Um, we've heard great things from Coach Steve Fritz is our athletic yeah. director. and. We are so excited that he's going to be coming back with us. Um, he's retiring this year, so it's going to be just a perfect opportunity to have him be with us and, and be in the heart of basketball for Division Three um, basketball. So we're really excited to, to go to Salem. I was going to say, that was my next part of this, was um, your, your football coach knows Salem now. Steve Fritz knows Salem. John Tower knows, knows Salem. Uh, I think some of your other programs at least are familiar with Salem for what they have hosted in the past. What does it mean now to take your program there? And I'm glad to hear. I'd heard rumor that Steve was, was going to get thrown on a bus in an airplane, whether he wanted to or not. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that's going through. Um, but what, is it, what does it mean for you to be able to take your program to a place that is held at such a high regard by your other programs? Well, the, the student-athletes that play Division three basketball do it for the love of the game, and they enjoy the experience and, and the opportunity to compete and be challenged, but also the enjoyment of each other. And when you go to a place like Salem and you get to experience the magic of the NCAA tournament, and, you know, we, we say this all the time to our girls because I have our alumni come back, and we had Colleen Sweeney come back and talk to us, and she said, you know, 28 years ago, we won the national championship, and I could tell you forbatim every memory in mm. that experience. I mean, time freezes. And so we're really excited about time freezing for our young ladies and being able to experience, you know, the, you know, the height of an athletic experience in a Final Four setting. Yeah, so cool. Uh, congratulations. Um, amazing season so far uh, and tremendous wins this weekend, obviously among with among the others. Um, we appreciate the time you took to join us and uh, enjoy Salem. It's a wonderful town. They'll do a wonderful with hosting the event and they'll treat you like gold. Uh, in the meantime, we always give the coach the final word, any final thoughts you'd like to share with those tuned in. 
Well, you know, the first off, it would be just to thank the St. Thomas community. Um, this past weekend, I don't know if you knew, we had um, winter wa- you know, winter storm watches. We were going to get 13 inches of snow. So in that elite game, we didn't get all the fans out there because, <laughs> you know, we're in Minnesota. We've got crazy weather. Yeah, you do. And uh, <laughs> our student body was fantastic. I mean, every single time there was a three, we had the football team, the men's basketball team, the volleyball <laughs> team, and the softball team. They, I mean, they were just all out there. And it, awesome. And the, and the girls just felt so special to be able to have that. So it was really great to see our community and our administration. Um, you know, you talk about me going up on that ladder and cutting the next down. Our president did that. That's president cool. Julie Sullivan. She went up there and she's such a great role model for our female um, students. And, and, and so it's just great that we got to enjoy that with her. So and then, as always, we want to thank you for all that you do, too. Like we said, it's a, it's a magical experience, and these kids do it for that pride. And, and you you always make them feel so special. I always tell the girls, you want them. To, we want our young ladies and, and, and young men to be able to feel like they rule the world, and you do that. So thanks so much for all you do, and we look forward to seeing you in Salem. Well, thanks, Ruth. I appreciate the kind words. I, unfortunately, will not see you in Salem. I've got to follow the men, but Gordon will okay. be there. And he will. I, I, I sh, I've been told he'll have bells on. Um, he's calling the games too, so you'll you'll get the best of of all worlds. Enjoy it, um, and thanks for your time. Take care, safe travels. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Absolutely, Ruth Sin joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline again. Your video's not frozen. It's the only image we can go to. Otherwise, it's a blank screen. I, I that's why we're doing it. Uh, I appreciate Ruth's time. I really do kind of wish we were going to Salem, uh, but we have so many things that we're tied into on the men's side, including me calling uh, part of the broadcast team for the men's championship weekend uh, that we can't do it, but it'll be a great time in Salem. Speaking of Salem, we'll be talking to Kerry Harvey Cutter coming up. We're running a little bit behind, but I want to make sure to get to um, uh, our next guest, Bridget Mann. She'll be joining us when we come back. Talk to her about the Scranton Royals. You're listening to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville after this. Big shots. Big dunks. This trophy is not given. It must be earned. The 2019 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 15th and 16th at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum Arena in Fort Wayne. With his third triple. Visit NCAA.com tickets and secure your seats today. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, 
or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division Three. I'm a Division Three student athlete and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division Three. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Also want to thank WBCA for their support. As always, we appreciate their time. Uh, welcome back to the Hoopsville here, everybody. We're running a little bit behind schedule, so we'll try and keep things moving here. Um, still ahead, Kerry Harvey Cutter. Uh, if you're just tuning in to hear about that, he will be coming up shortly. That's thus the reason we're running behind. Um, but we also um, have more to cover before that. Uh, also coming up in our final segment, we'll wrap things up. Also, we just heard some bittersweet news, unfortunately. Well, not even bittersweet, some sad news out of Division Three men's basketball. We'll have that at the end of the show as well. All right, so we've talked to the three final four contestants. Uh, contestants isn't the right word, is it? The finalists. Uh, one more to go on the women's side. It is Scranton. The Royals, really impressive way to get into the tournament. Taking on Tufts, and they hold the Jumbos to no points in the final eight minutes of the game. Go on a 15-0 run themselves to punch their ticket to Salem. I know it's been a long time coming for this program, especially under Trevor Woodruff's Rain and Bridget Mann has been one of the catalysts on that team. We are proud to say that the senior guard joins us from the ninth-ranked Royals here on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Bridget, thanks for the time. Congratulations on the Final Four berth. Oh, thank you, and thank you for having me. Um, first and foremost, I, where do we start with this game? Um, <laughs> it's 15-0 run to finish. I feel like we got to work backwards to some degree on this one. 15-0 finish. <laughs> By the way, the score was 44-40. It's not like you and Tufts exactly lit up the scoreboard uh, yesterday. I think the end of the first quarter was 7-6. But that 15, that's why that 15-0 run feels so even bigger than, than the real game. What happened? How did you guys finally click? Um, you know what? To be honest, it was just, I think it came down to one of those things where we, we kind of realized the season was on the line. Hmm. Um, it almost seemed like, just something everyone a look in everyone's eyes something just triggered us and um we really dug deep on defense and i think it was our best showing all season and uh you really got to give a lot of credit to Mackenzie mason um she did a great job on one of their best players mm -hmm. and um just in general the whole team i honestly couldn't be more proud to play for um, Coach Woodruff and our program just with the resili resilience that we showed in that game. Of course, Tufts is a, a bit of a of a familiar foe. Um, in the NESCAC, in general, has been a bit of a familiar foe with you guys. Uh, last season, unfortunately, it was Bowden that knocked you out of the NCAA tournament. Uh, I think that was even, uh, yeah, it was at your place, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and then the year before that, it was Tufts. Uh, that one, though, being out at Wash U in the, in the round of 16. Of course, your 30-1 season, uh, it was Tufts as well that knocked you out in the Elite Eight. So did it feel like, especially for you as a senior, a little bit of revenge here to, to knock off Tufts or another NESCAC team and 
finally get to the final four that you've been kind of waiting to waiting to do your entire career? Um, I wouldn't really put it necessarily in terms of revenge, more so growth. Okay. Um, I think you look at our freshman year, te- my freshman year team, and uh, it's very similar to the team that we have this year in the hmm. ter- in terms of chemistry. Um, and it just goes to show that throughout the years, um, coach is clearly doing something right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Whether you want to and, admit it or not, do very good of you. <laughs> well, no, it, he really is though. I mean, and just the girls willing to buy in every day of practice. And, um, you know, we're, I give them a lot of credit because it, he does, he pushes us every day to our limits and he just wants to get the best out of us. And, uh, everyone just sticks together and it's just really, we're playing our best basketball right now. And, that's all you can really ask for. And, um, you know, just I look back at over the years playing uh, Tufts and Bowdoin, and it's like you just look at how successful their programs have been, and it just really makes you appreciate it so much more. And uh, just really was an honor to play against them too, some great players and obviously a great coach. You guys have had an interesting season. Um, you've been banged up. Uh, you've You've had your fair share of – uh, as a former student athlete, I would call it stupid injuries. And I don't mean that yeah. because um, they're, they're bad injuries or d- dumb injuries. They're just, it's stupid that I got another injury type thing. Um, right. And you, you gutted it out for some. You missed some games. And some of those games were losses. You missed a lot of the games late in the season that the team ended up gutting out for a win. I saw you against Goucher. I don't know if it's fair, but at the end of the season, but it seemed like you weren't still at 100% yet. How have you felt about this season? How have your teammates felt about this season? Because as good as it is on paper, it feels like you guys really ground through this one a bit. Um, I mean, from a personal standpoint, it was definitely frustrating with the injuries. You know, you just want to help your team as much as you can, especially my senior year. It was the last thing I would have pictured um, missing all these games because of little injuries, but I mean, the girls just, they showed a lot of leadership and our junior class really stepped up. Um, and I actually have a fellow senior, Julia Gantz, who tore ACL in the beginning of the season. And mm. it's like, she's still on the court with us. She's just such a radiant uh, presence that we have. Um, so yeah, it was definitely frustrating, but everyone stepped up in so many ways. And, um, I mean, the girls just throughout all the things that I had to deal with uh, were very supportive, and anytime they saw me getting frustrated, it was someone was automatically coming up to me saying, hey, like, keep your head up, like, take it day by day. Um, and to have a role like that around you is something that I'm so grateful for. You, again, your injuries allowed other players to kind of grow into their roles, but I, I get they're watching you a bunch this season. You had a point every once in a while that if you felt the game needed to be moved in a certain direction, you decided to do it yourself. I don't know if that was a conscious thing or subconscious thing, but what is it like to just kind of put your foot down on a game, as it were? Um, well, I don't, I don't really have that sense of confidence if it's not for the <laughs> coaching staff that puts it in me. Okay, um, interesting. They, they really, well, they really do. They, they show a lot of confidence. Even I would say in our game against Tufts. I wasn't shooting well at all, I would say. Um, and Coach Woodruff, every time out, said, keep shooting, keep shooting. And uh, even my teammates kept saying it, too. And um, that really has gave me the sense of confidence that I've needed throughout the season, 
even bouncing back from the injuries, and it's been super uh, helpful. Uh, talking to Bridget Mann here, the senior guard from the Scranton Royals. Uh, I have this feeling your coach, Trevor Woodruff, has had high expectations about you guys all season, that he wants you guys to constantly improve, that he, that he sees more in what you have. Have you guys seen that reality, of what he thinks you guys are capable of? Has that come to fruition, or do you guys think you're still aiming for where he thinks your capabilities truly are? Um, he's definitely the type of coach that kind of teaches us never be complacent with where you're at and to always want more. Um, and when you think that you've given 100%, there's still more to give. Um, and we're definitely still going to keep pushing, and we're going to go into practice this week with our game plan laid out for us and work our butts off. And, <laughs> um, you know, we it's not just him that has the high goal, so do we. And, um, sure. you know, obviously Thomas Moore is – an insanely good program and <laughs> such a rich history um, of winning. And it's definitely going to be a challenge, and we're aware of that, but we're willing to put in the work at practice and uh, hope for the best. Uh, very quick uh, about your team. Um, hold on, I lost the stat there. Uh, you lead the team at 13.9, really 14 points a game, seven and a half rebounds a game. You also hand out the most assists. Uh, and the and you have the second most steals. I know that's not the entire show. I'm sorry, that's Mackenzie. Those numbers. You have the second most points. Sophia, uh, I can never say Sophia's last name. Help me out. Recupero. It is Recupero. I keep wanting to say Supero, but thank you. You can call her Big Cat if you want. Big Cat. Okay. Mental note. <laughs> she's, I'm gonna, gonna, she's listening right now. She might kill awesome. me for saying that. Uh, she probably will now. And now what I'm going to do is say to Gordon Mann, who may be listening to this at a later time, and he's going to be the color commentator, call her Big Cat during the broadcast. Gordon, <laughs> oh, call her no, Big that Cat. That got me in trouble. Uh, I might have. But this is what it, this is what makes it fun. Uh, she's got 10 points a game. She's also second on the team in rebounds. Uh, she in at 8.9 points a game. I'm just mentioning players that... You know, you get a lot of the attention, and I know you'd like to talk about your teammates. Obviously, McKenzie and, and is leading the team in points. You're the catalyst, but tell me more about your teammates. Tell me more about what the numbers don't tell us. Well, one thing I would say is something that you know stats don't tell you is not only are they great teammates, but they're even better people. Mm. Um, I have I've never met a group of girls that are so willing to help other people out and that would give the shirts off their back in a heartbeat. Um, and I really do think that's why things have been clicking a lot this season recently um, because of that willingness to there. I don't think there's one person on the team who would honestly sit back and say like, oh, I should be getting accolades or this or that. It's like when one person gets an accolade, it's for the whole program. Huh. Well said. Um, by the way, you are a biology major with a pre-dental focus. Um, it wouldn't be D3 if we didn't talk about the academic side of things. Um, I also know, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, if you were up for the Jostens, it's all a blur in my head now. Um, I might be wrong, and if I was, Bridget, just hit me. Um, but you have so much you're doing besides basketball. You have so much that everybody's doing on that team besides basketball. How do you able to balance the academic rigors of a biology major with pre-dental and the rigors of a basketball schedule, which is encompassing two, you know, two semesters, plus everything else you're getting involved in, whether it's your friends or your community or whatever else you're interested, how do you balance all that? Um, I would honestly say basketball is actually a major reason why balancing things is a lot 
easier. Um, I know for me, when I'm in season, um, I feel more concentrated on my studies, mainly because I know that I need to manage my time better. Um, you know, I know when I have practice or I have games, so it forces me to study a little earlier, um, get ahead or get a jump start on a, um, any essays I have due or anything like that. Um, but honestly, it's just just looking looking at your time and using it as wisely as you can. Uh, you were the senior scholar athlete in women's basketball for the Landmark Conference. Just kind of speaks to to what you obviously do as a, as an athlete. What are you hoping to do with? I can guess with the biology pre dental idea, but what do you hope to do? after the season's over. Is there a thought of trying to continue the basketball career, or is it you're done, jersey's hung up, I'll play some noon hoops, but i got to focus on the career? Um, right now it's kind of just been focusing on the career. Um, I've wanted to be a dentist. I know that probably sounds dorky, but I've wanted no. to be a dentist since about uh, middle school. Um, I just always thought it was a really cool profession. And, you know, basketball is always going to be a big part of my life, and maybe some some ways down the road I'll – look into it um but right now i'm ready to finish my college career with my best friends and uh start the next chapter in my life a uh, friend of the show friend of the scranton program ronk uh wants to make sure that the whole scranton community is thankful and thoroughly enjoyed you and your teammates cutting down the nets last night looking forward to the thomas moore test on friday are you looking forward to the thomas moore test on friday because at this point it, it is all craziness when it comes to prepping for teams everybody's good uh, we are. We're we're really excited. I awesome. mean, regardless regardless of who we're playing, uh, we know we have to put in a lot of work. And I said it before. We know Thomas Moore is a great team, um, and it just it's just an exciting time. You know, we this is our first time as a team going to the Final Four together, and we're ready to enjoy it. You're going to Salem, Virginia, which I know on the men's side has always been the goal for a long time. So the guys have maybe mentioned that over the years, but. It's the first chance for women to go there. Do you know anything uh, about it, whether it's from the men's uh, talking about it or you hear it through lore? What, what, do you, what do you know about Salem, and what are you getting ready for? I really didn't know much about it until yesterday, honestly. Good, uh, okay. People just, saying, people just saying how with the men's side, it's, its reputation is so well-known. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to head down there and see what it's all about. Let me ask you a random question, because if I'm, if memory serves, every f- year you've had in basketball, there's been a different destination for, for the finals. Is that correct? Yeah. So I'm curious, and the men until now have had the same home you know, for 23 years. They'll go to a new one now. Does, does, does having us a particular place maybe make it more exciting, or with it always changing, does it just not I'm trying to find a gentle way. I don't want to say it doesn't mean as much, but do you under, you know what I'm saying? Like there isn't in yeah. baseball in Omaha. Did, would it mean something if there was a destination, as it were, that you always knew you were aiming for? Yeah, I I think that would be pretty cool. Um, just because then it's like, you know, on the it almost seems like on the shirts every year it says road to wherever we're playing. Um, and I think it would be cool to start the tradition of you know road to Salem, Virginia. That I think that would be a nice tradition to start up for the women um, and to, you know, the men have always had a solid place that they've been playing in. So it'd be cool to see the women's side do the same thing. Yeah. Thanks for the input on that. I appreciate the insight. Um, By the way, you're not going to be able to play in the all-star game. I'm sorry. Hey, you know what? I'll take a (laughs) final four any day. I had a feeling. I had a feeling you wouldn't mind playing in 
the other game or games right. <laughs> uh, instead. Congratulations. Um, by the way, if you can get uh, your head coach to lose his voice this weekend, I'll be really impressed. Um, he just, might. I, I know. He might just do it for the fun of it. He's probably listening. Trevor, hi. Um, appreciate the time, Bridget. Really enjoyed watching you play the last four years. I get to see you enough when you come through Baltimore uh, or online. It's been a joy to watch you. You're, you're, you're a good one. Uh, appreciate the time. Good luck in Salem. We have a tradition. We always give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in? Oh, yeah. I would just say thank you again for having me on the show. I think you do a great job. Um, and I would also just like to thank our community and the University of Scranton for uh, all their tremendous support and uh, always showing out for every game, especially this past weekend with the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. Our student section was unbelievable. <laughs> and they did, they did a great job. Um, and I got to give my teammates a shout out because I know they're listening. I got to give the Go Royals one time. <laughs> Big Cat, right? Big Cat's the Big one we got to remember. Yeah. Any other nicknames yep. we should remember before we let you go? Uh, and you're allowed there, to say there's one from Mackenzie Mason, but it's an inside thing that we okay. got to keep secret. <laughs> Tell me after the season. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Bridget, thanks so much. Take care. Good luck the rest of the way. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Absolutely. Bridget Mann joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Of course, all interviews on the Hoopsville Hotline are courtesy of our partners at Blue Frame Technology, their industry-leading production truck software. Is your college ready to showcase its teams through a reliable and innovative video streaming service that won't break your budget? Blue Frame's advanced digital broadcast tools will help take your broadcast to the next level. Learn more today by visiting www.blueframetech.com. That's blueframetech.com. And tell them we sent you. Tell them right here. Dave McHugh, Hoopsville. You heard about it here. Uh, thanks to Bridget for the time. We're going to take a quick break. We're well behind schedule, but we have uh, two segments left, one with Carrie Harvey Cutter and then one to wrap up the show, um, including some sad news, unfortunately, uh, from a men's basketball team. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. Back with more after this. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. Welcome to the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, home of Blue Gold Athletics. UW-Eau Claire has been ranked a top five regional public university for over 20 years. We graduate champions with the lowest debt and highest return on investment in the Midwest. Blue Gold Athletics is a Director's Cup Top 20 Division III program offering 22 sports with almost 700 student-athletes. UW-Eau Claire is about excellence in the classroom, the field of competition, and the community. Are you the next Blue Gold? My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Big shots. Teamwork. This trophy is not given. It must be earned. The 2019 NCAA Division III Women's Basketball Championship, March 15th and 16th at the Krager Center in Salem. Bounces right back with a triple. 
great job here. And that'll do it! Visit NCAA.com slash tickets and get your tickets today. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Again, frozen screen, but at least it's a pretty shot of me. Uh, we'll figure out what's going on. Kind of funny that of all the technical issues we've had all season that the camera would just randomly freeze. Oh, well, we'll keep it going. It doesn't ruin the show. Um, of course, we've been talking all show about how we're heading to Salem, Virginia on the women's side of things and not the men's side. Uh, earlier today, I got a chance to talk to Harry Carvey-Cutter about what it is like to get ready for the women's championship. Let's remember one thing here. Salem, Virginia is pretty familiar with how they do this. They're closing in on 90 championships crowned in the NCAA Division Three and Division Two. Division Three having a vast majority of those. Um, but they kind of know what they're doing. But that doesn't mean they don't try and do things new, and that doesn't mean they aren't going to uh, still make the experience a memorable one and one everybody's worth would want to write home about. So again, uh, Salem, Virginia, the destination for the women. And we talked to Harry Harvey Cutter about that destination earlier today. Now joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, it's the uh, the head of everything, as I call him, in the city of Salem, Virginia. It is Kerry Harvey Cutter, sir. I don't. At some point in our lives, knowing each other, I don't think I've known you not to be in charge of anything, but maybe DOT. Well, you know, I I'm not in charge at home. I guarantee you that <laughs> my wife Judy got her black belt in January, so uh, it is yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. I understand where I where I'm supposed to be. It is it is taking on a whole new thing for you. Uh, <laughs> um, obviously, Salem is still in the mix here. I mean, we can always lament on football and men's basketball, the two you know crown jewels, as it were, leaving the city. But you guys stay involved, and that includes women's basketball this year, and then in two years' time after this. And obviously that keeps you guys excited and, and keeps you moving forward. I assume you're, you're looking forward to this championship weekend, just like it were, would be if it was the men's. Of course we are. It is, it is, I don't know about the crown jewel. We want to make women this tournament as exciting in our area as were the men's championship. And did mm -hmm. you hear that in the, yeah, uh, we want to, we want to make this as exciting this weekend sure. as, as the men's championship those many years. It's a great event. It's very exciting. I was at St. Thomas this weekend and saw some really outstanding quality of play basketball. And, you know, we couldn't be more more thrilled. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, this, it's going to be exciting. And, and the event has already kind of turned to becoming a bigger event. The women have not had as many bells and whistles as the men have had over the years, but that certainly changes this year with an all-star game. Those in the WBCA are adding a bunch of events and other things going on to make the weekend a little bit bigger. And I as and I know from hearing from behind the scenes, a lot of that has to do with the help that you guys bring to knowing how to make these events a bigger deal. Well, the the All Star Game. Since we were in on the ground floor when the men started the All Star Game, we mm -hmm. were able to bring some expertise and some experience, some possibly some things not to do when you're starting an all-star game <laughs> sure. with the WBCA. Uh, but that, that does add another element to it. It's, 
there's 20 more players and coaches and and parents and family and friends and fans and so we're really excited to have the inaugural yeah. uh, beyond sports all-star game it's certainly going to be an exciting event uh i'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out but Part of making the event bigger, Carrie, is certainly making the environment uh, more you know, friendly for everybody to see the games and enjoy it. We're not doing it at the Civic Center this time around. We're on the campus of Roanoke College at the Kreger uh, Gymnasium. And, and having been at the place, I know it to be a little bit more tighter confines, but still have a big feel to it. This feels like the perfect place for the Women's Championship weekend. It, it really is. It's ideal sized. You know, we've got 1,800 seats. We've got the beautiful uh, window that looks out onto the campus and to the mountains of Virginia's Blue Ridge. So it's a great place. Plenty of locker room space. We've got, you know, adequate space for the media to come in. And it's it'll be more intimate. Uh, and it'll just be a great and it's a very lively facility. It it's very noisy. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, and it's got a beautiful backdrop. Though I'm curious, what makes the decision whether you guys will keep the windows um, uh, covered or uncovered for games? Uh, otherwise, it's a beautiful view over the mountains. But what makes the decision whether those will be visible during games or not? Sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> if if the sun's out, we have to close them because you'll yeah. get a glare. And it'll shine in somebody's eyes. <laughs> so, you know, they'll be open in the evening, uh, probably for the first game at, at five. They'll be closed. Uh, uh, we just play it by ear and, sure. and go with it and see what we can do. It's a great facility and, again, really nice environment. And, you again, you guys, Roanoke College, the city, you're all familiar with these championships. You guys are also always trying to outdo yourselves, I would argue. Is there anything new coming this year, or is there something exciting that people can look forward to? Well, I think the main thing is the All-Star game that's yeah. new to Division III. Uh, but in the case of that, you know, we're going we're gonna to drop the lights down and blacken the house for introductions for the teams Ooh. with some spotlights and things like that. One advantage to the teams playing in the second game is, you know, we've got the indoor track adjoining the gym. And they'll be able to go over there and stretch and, you know, exercise a little bit before they pick up a ball and get on the floor. So those are a couple things. And, and we're doing the banquet this year at the college, which is, oh, is nice. different, uh, which will be really nice in the uh, Colquitt Center next door. So coaches and bus drivers don't have to learn two locations to go to. <laughs> and then something that, that is unique, I think, to the Division Three Women's Championship is we're doing a social uh, on Wednesday evening after the teams arrive. Uh, we're doing it in the penthouse at Center of the Square, downtown Roanoke. Mm. But the uh, athletes will also have an opportunity to go downstairs to the Roanoke Pinball Museum uh, and play some pinball. We we did the banquet there mm -hmm. for the men a couple times. Uh, and it's surprising. People of our age remember pinball machines <laughs> greatly. And, yes. and they have 60 of them in this museum. Uh, but some of these younger people have never seen a pinball machine. And they have... The guys had a lot of fun, and we think the women will, too. That's cool. A nice social event for everybody when they get into town. I like the idea. That's a nice way to kind of let everybody relax a little bit. Yeah. Uh, now, if fans are coming into town, what do you suggest uh, they do? First off, obviously, they need to get their tickets. But for lodging and stuff with Roanoke, Salem, how, how do you guys ever kind of spin that? You know, it's the whole area. There, there are two websites that they can find things to do. Of course, visit SalemVA.com. 
is uh, is the one for the city of Salem, and we're part of Virginia's Blue Ridge, so there's, visit vbr.com. Uh, there are a lot of things to do. You, everything from the Taubman Art Museum to the State Transportation Museum to some beautiful parks. If you like to hike, you know, we're just 15 minutes from the Appalachian Trail. We're 15 minutes from uh, the Blue Ridge Parkway, and if you're a mountain biker, uh, our Virginia's Blue Ridge region was just given the Silver Award. Uh, we're the only silver-certified uh, biking out uh, mm. mountain biking on the East Coast. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so the mountain biking is catching up. You know, we have we have three breweries in Salem. They're about twelve or thirteen in the valley. You've got one that you can you can park your car, walk to Mac and Bob's, or walk to <laughs> Old Salem Brewery. So there's a lot of places you can go to. You know, before games, after games, and uh, have a great evening. I'm half tempted to change my plans at this point, Kerry. Uh, well, you should. And we have the first of our two boutique hotels open downstairs. Oh, that's uh, right. The first, yeah, so we're you know we're making a lot of changes in downtown Salem. Well, I'm looking forward to coming back. Certainly, unfortunately, going to miss this trip around. But you, I know you guys are going to put on a, a great show. We're looking forward to seeing it uh, on display, as it were. Is there anything else you think uh, fans need to know before they arrive or even if they've already got their their plans set. Well, I think I think the main thing is come in, have a have a great experience, enjoy the area and, and something we tell the student athletes is that there's only one team that's going to win the national championship and we've you know, we've hosted 87, 88 national championships. So there's been more teams that have not won a national championship than have, of course. But we want all the student athletes and the teams and the fans and the parents and everyone, when they leave, to have a good experience. So savor the time. Enjoy Virginia's Blue Ridge. Enjoy Salem. Uh, and when you return home, think, you know, maybe you want to come down here when it's really pretty in the spring and summer and go to the lake. Good call. Good call. That's a, that's a great idea and well said. Carrie, I appreciate the time. I know you're busy traveling to get back and get ready for every all the festivities in the Valley. Uh, look forward to being back for other championships as well. As always, we give the uh, guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Well, we, we want to thank Hoopsville and, and D3Hoops.com for all the coverage you give uh, Division Three basketball because it's invaluable. And we look forward to seeing Gordon Mann, who's going to mm-hmm. be representing D3 uh, at the championship. Yep, looking forward to Gordon being, Gordon being down there on top of that, being part of the broadcast crew. So uh, that is. a little bit of flavor at D3 wherever you can find it. Kerry, take care. Thanks so much, and I look forward to talking to you down the road. We'll do it. Thank you. Kerry Harvey-Cutter joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. We uh, appreciate his time. Again, if you're going to Salem, take advantage of it. There are so many great things to do, but the games will be great. Uh, we got great teams there. The environment will be awesome. The hospitality is top-notch. It always is. You, There's no excuse to miss out on a championship in Salem. Go enjoy it, even if it, it might take a little extra time for you to do it. It's worth every minute. We'll be back uh, when we when we come back, I should say. We'll kind of wrap up the show and take a look at the championship weekends ahead. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville after this. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. 
We are the WBCA. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. Big shots. Teamwork. This trophy is not given. It must be earned. The 2019 NCAA Division III Women's Basketball Championship, March 15th and 16th at the Krager Center in Salem. Bounces right back with a triple. Great job here. And that'll do it! Visit NCAA.com slash tickets and get your tickets today. It starts right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment. The game-winning shot that gets you to the dance. A monster dunk or no-look pass. And cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success. And prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. Welcome back to Hoopsville and the Freeze Frame of myself. Hope you are enjoying tonight's show. Running a little bit behind, so not going to waste much time in this final segment. Not sure what else we could talk about. I will I will drive home the fact that if you've got a chance to go to Fort Wayne, Indiana, and see uh, the, the men's championship weekend, please do so. Uh, it, it feels like a no-brainer to me. I know it's not, a no, it's not that easy for many of you, but it's an opportunity for the men's championship weekend at a new location, at a new arena, in a new city. Uh, if you want to get tickets, more information, www.muspartans.com slash NCAA. Uh, again, go. Uh, enjoy the experience. It's going to be different. Go back to our interview we had on Thursday with uh, Nathan Dennison from the, from the arena and, and visit Fort Wayne. It's going to be a different experience. Let's embrace it. Let's have some fun with it. Talk about an absolutely wacky Final Four, right? Uh, we're going to see some of the. <laughs> we're going to see some really cool teams. Going to see some cool opportunities. Some school. Hey, listen, Swarthmore comes in with maybe a guy in the past in Cam Wiley who wanted to be an Aston Francis, but it didn't work out, and he's changed his role. Swarthmore is a really good team, really uh, bigger than many realize inside. They're going to be they're going to be a force to reckon with. Christopher Newport has shown all season to kind of dispute the naysayers, including myself and Ryan Scott, who just we didn't see it, and we see these guys more than most. Um, their defense is phenomenal. It shut down Williams, who shut down Whitman. They're good. Come see them play. Oshkosh ended the uh, the giant killer dreams of Guilford. They returned to the championship weekend with a new head coach. Remember, this isn't even the same head coach they had last year. 
and they're back. The Titans, who uh, were in the championship game last year, they're, they're they've shown in really their first test of the of the tournament, by the way, that they're going to be a tough team to beat. The only top team in the top five to make the tournament. Swarthmore sitting at number six, and then Wheaton getting past Marietta because there's a guy named Aston Francis on his their team, and it works for them. Um, there's other teams like you can go back to 2002 and Audubon's Jeff Gibbs, where the team seemed to be, revolve around one guy. Um, it's hard to find a lot of those who are that successful. Um, 2001, it was the same, uh, Stockton's, oh, I just, how did I forget his name? Um, you don't get a lot of those teams. Wheaton is that team. They're unranked though, receiving votes. Um, they're worth coming to see those four plus the all-star game. We'll get a final uh, listing of the all-star game Monday or Tuesday. I've actually totally blanked on when that's coming out. Um, we'll find out exactly who's playing in the men's all-star game. Come to Fort Wayne. Join us. If you are a head coach and you're going to be in town on Thursday, join us at Connor's kitchen uh, for the Hoopsville reception. Uh, I know I'm saying that on public airwaves folks. Uh, it's an, it's, it's for coaches. Um, so just please keep that in mind. Um, but it's sometimes the best way for us to tell coaches. But um, that's Thursday evening. But we'll be there Friday and Saturday. Myself, Brendan Gulick on the call, Pat Coleman, Bob Quillman, Ryan Scott will all be on hand for the championship. And don't forget, Hoopsville will be live ahead of those um, semifinals and ahead of the championship game. And we'll do post game of the championship game on Friday and Saturday. Friday's post uh, pregame, I think, is going to start a about an hour and a half, two hours beforehand, but I need to do some math to crunch it and we'll double check it. But uh, you'll hear from coaches and players and others that we're looking forward to it. So get to Fort Wayne, muspartans.com slash NCAA is how you can uh, get ticket information. And then get to Salem, folks. Uh, women's basketball in Salem is going to be great. It's not the Civic Center, but it doesn't have to be at the Civic Center. Heck, you could make some arguments. There were some years that the men's would have been just as fine at the Craiger Center itself it's a wonderful facility seats about 1800 i'm told no temporary seats coming in but uh they've got some extra room in some places so they might be able to get more than 1800 in for all i know standing room probably can get it to 2000 beautiful venue beautiful site for a game at roanoke college um check out roanoke college which for me was one of the colleges i fell in love with during my college tours it just didn't work out i decided i didn't want to go to roanoke they 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 were one of the few that accepted me um and and listen if you go to i don't know fort wayne that well or where to go to eat i know they've got a ton of breweries there so i'm gonna have to take this year to learn that but if if you're going to salem there's places you must visit like mac and bob's if you're in downtown roanoke there's places like awful arthur's and a whole mess of other places to go corned beef is an outstanding place um really eclectic the entire downtown roanoke area is really cool i get a sense fort wayne is similar to downtown roanoke in that sense. Um, but Salem's also a wonderful little college town that is worth seeing right there on the edge of the Blue Ridge. If you have some extra time, check out the Blue Ridge Mountains too. They are beautiful. I'll admit have not visited them as much as I should. So go see, and by the way, tickets for, um, uh, the easy way is go to NCAA.com slash tickets for the women's side. You can also do that for the men's side. You can also go to Ticketmaster on the women's side if you need to. You'll find ticket information there. Please go support these student-athletes. And the All-Star Game on the women's side, the WBCA, they've announced theirs, but we'll get our final list later in the week, Monday or Tuesday, once they, you know, players like Spalding and Mann and others who are in the Final Four 
Madison Temple, for example, who now they need to replace those players. So they'll get a final list coming out. By the way, the final um, spot on the WBCA All-Star team, the t- final two spots still being voted on. Go to WBCA.org to get more information there beyond sports running that um that vote runs through tomorrow, Monday. So last chance to vote on that. So there you go. That one is wrapped up, done, and uh, dusted. Again, we'll be on the air Friday and Saturday. No show on Thursday. Um, we will have a finale show from back here at the home studios sometime the following week. Um, we won't do it Sunday. I'm driving literally all day, so that won't happen. We may be able to pull it off on Monday if it's not Monday, it might actually have to wait till Thursday. So I'm, I'm a little concerned. We'll see when we can figure it out. But we will have a final show to wrap things up. Most of it will have pre-taped segments, but we'll try and do it live nonetheless. Uh, on the women's side, obviously, in the tournament, um, you got some you got some dandies of games, to be honest with you. Um, I'm fascinated with this one. I mean, Bowden get past Ithaca was – they just put their foot down in that game. Thomas Moore had to battle to beat Wash U. And listen, you know, Wash U won that 25-19 in the third. Thomas Moore finally woke up and won 31-15 in the fourth to win that. It, it says 15. It, it wasn't a 15-point game, plain and simple. Uh, Scranton with a dandy of a game against Tufts to win that one. And St. Thomas just put their foot down on Warburg. I think you're going to have a fascinating Final Four on the women's side. And yeah, I think Thomas Moore is your favorite because they're undefeated. But I don't think they're unbeatable against that that quad of, of those other three teams, to be honest with you. I think it's wide open. Uh, we'll see how it all finishes up, to say the least. Again, Gordon Mann will be in Roanoke, Salem area with us, um, plus others to help. Um, say hi to Gordon when you're there. Uh, I think that wraps it. Oh, I wanted to show Aston Francis. We meant to show this earlier. No, nope, we're not going to get to it as the computer has just decided to freeze up or the program is frozen up. We're still streaming, so we'll just wrap up the show this way, the hard way, as they say. Um, hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, we were going to show you a video there of Aston, but that's not going to happen, so we'll just wrap up the program instead. Um, thanks, everybody, who tuned in. Thanks to all those who participated. I want to thank Aston Francis from Wheaton for coming on the show, talking about his 62-point performance and talking about his team. Very nice young man. Um, by the way, he was a Jostens finalist. Um, the Jostens, I believe, will be announced Tuesday. We'll find out who the winner of the Jostens is. I mentioned the Jostens with Bridget Mann. I, I feel bad. She was not a finalist. That's my mistake. I don't even know if she was nominated, to be honest with you. Um, I was thinking of Dorsheimer at Gettysburg, and I apologize for um, that mistake. Uh, but Ashton Francis, thank you for coming on the show. I want to thank Jeff Hans, uh, Jeff Hans from Thomas More. Adrian Scheibels from Bowden, Ruth Sin from St. Thomas, Bridget Mann from Scranton, and, of course, Carrie Harvey-Cutter from the city of Salem, Virginia. For, uh, of course, I want to thank the uh, sports information directors as well who helped us from Wheaton. It was Brett. Uh, I want to thank John and Randy from Scranton, from Thomas More. And I want to thank um, – oh, man, we're not going to say hi to – we're not going to be talking to Corey Blackson very much longer. But uh, thanks to Corey uh, for his help from, from Bowden. I want to thank Jim. And from St. Thomas, I want to thank Gene. And with that, we'll wrap up Hoopsville. The Thanks to everybody who tuned in. I want to thank our partners at Blue Frame Technology. Again, go to blueframetech.com for more information. They're our sponsors of the hotline. I want to thank especially WBCA and NABC for their ongoing support. I want to thank Wisconsin Eau Claire for their support as well. And um, all of you as well for for helping us out, but most especially City of Salem and the City of Fort Wayne for their support of Hoopsville. Go to 
Get some tickets, folks. Come and join us. And with that, we wrap up Hoopsville. You've been listening to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. If you want to talk Division Three basketball, you've got to listen to Hoopsville. We will see you in either Salem or Fort Wayne. Good night, everybody, and good luck to, the, to those fighting for championships.